Hello, just a quick bit before this week's episode to let you know that we have a Patreon you can subscribe to if you like what we're doing here and you want more of it. You probably already knew that. We don't stop going on about it. What you didn't know is that you can currently get a little free trial so you know exactly what you'd get as part of your subscription. You can head to patreon.com slash whatismusicpod or follow the link in the show notes to get your first seven days free. All you need to do is pick which tier you'd like a free trial of. The Biggest Mates tier is the one that has all the extras in it. And then for seven days, you are free to listen to any episode we've released in the last six months. You can cancel any time or just leave the subscription rolling if you like what you find. It's charged monthly. And during any month, as part of that Biggest Mates tier, you'll get ad-free episodes of this show every Monday. You'll get a brand new episode of our new Manic Street Preacher show every month. Two episodes every month of The Ultimate Playlist, our themed playlist show, where we talk about all kinds of different music, different artists, different genres, different eras, and one or two bonus episodes every month, depending on the length of the month. That's two episodes every week. There's also other tiers to trial. One that is just the Manic Show and ad-free What Is Music episodes, and another that is just ad-free What Is Music episodes. But hey, if the first seven days are free, why not try a bit of everything? Plus, all tiers include access to the exclusive subscriber-only Discord where we discuss the shows, the bands we've covered, various music topics, and loads of other stuff, including some games that the friendly community have devised themselves. So head on over to our Patreon page now to claim your free seven-day trial. Go to patreon.com slash whatismusicpod or follow the link in our show notes. See you there. Hello and welcome to Do You Love Us, a critical analysis of the history, cultural impact and music of Manic Street Preachers. Uh, my name is Adam Scott Glasspool. Uh, I'm joined by Steve Murphy. Hello. And I'm joined by Lucas Way. Why do you get a middle name and I don't? Interesting. Oh, that's where well, you've thrown me right off at the beginning of the podcast. Would you like your middle name to be included? Lucas Daniel Way. Lucas, I didn't know that that I was your middle name. I've known you for about 13 years and I had no idea that, that, that was so your name. much more boring. It's supposed to be my first name and I've resented it ever since. Lucas is better than Daniel. Disagree. You'd prefer Daniel? Yeah, I was going to be called Danny Way. Dan Way. That's the name of a skateboarder. Danny Way. Oh, such a cool name. That, I, Lucas is way cooler. Danny Way. Steve, you don't have a middle name? Nope. Steve, I've known you for about 20 years and I still, I, you know, that's the only fact I know about you is that you don't have a middle name. <laughs> oh, I thought the fact that you've known me for 20 years is, the, is your fact. <laughs> the only thing I know I've about known you is that you've been in my life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, so in your life. What are we doing here, guys? Uh, we're going to be talking about Manic Street Preachers. Yes. Uh, the rock band, because I think if there's anything that uh, that isn't present in the podcasting world at the moment, it's three white men talking about... <laughs> rock music from the 90s yeah 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 yeah. because we thought let's do something no one's ever done before and record a podcast yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. well i I was talking to you about this there's this thing where when men become 30 yeah or when anyone becomes 30 they have to choose whether they want to be a streamer or a podcaster there you go and i don't think any of us have the face for streaming i've i'm a 30 this is my third attempt at doing a podcast what were your other ones uh it's gonna be one about the office the american one just your office oh there's been (laughs) A lot of them. Okay. We recorded uh, two, maybe three episodes, and I said, no one wants to hear this, and we stopped. Okay. Well, I yeah. feel like we'll be in a similar position here. Yeah, because yeah. this is the third time we've done the intro, so... Yeah. <laughs> similar. <laughs> similar behind the, little behind the scenes. <laughs> That's true. That was me peeling back the wizard's sleeve. Is that the... Oh, is that the phrase? <laughs> that's, not, that's not the right phrase. I don't know what that means. You know, when, like the wizard... 
curtain. Peeling back the curtain to reveal the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, you know. Oh, the Wizard's curtain. Gotcha. Peeling, yeah. Okay. Um, we're going to be going album by album, track by track, through the entire discography of Manic Street Preachers. Week by week, we're going to do a different album, or at least that's, that's the aim. Um, who knows how much we'll get to. We've already tangented on to other podcasts we've done and famous phrases Steve doesn't know. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not even out of the introduction yet. Yeah. Uh, the big thing that we wanted to do that I suppose is a little bit different is that a lot of music podcasts are a group of people who love one band talking at length about that band. And that isn't what we're going to be doing. No, it's going to be a lot of Adam <laughs> expressing his love for the band. I've got... Uh, sort of a spotted history is that even the phrase god i'm going to be terrible spotty, that. spotted history. history spotty history spotty yeah that's fine uh with the manics that so when i first met adam 20 years ago um you were really into them and oh well, no way no that can't be right no, i wasn't into them yet no but i got into them you got real real into them and i've been listening to them probably since i was 14 or 15 yeah yeah so i became by association being your friend in school into them as well but then it became one of those things that you know when someone likes something so much and they keep telling you how much they like it it you, puts you off oh it. yeah yeah I'm, so i really I started to dislike like everything that. um it's the same with adam's holy trinity of um of rem radiohead and the manix yeah those are my three those yeah. are my guys yeah and you intentionally listened to none of them ever and you've only recently discovered radiohead you've just well. gotten into radio yeah you? so yeah so it's exactly the same thing and i've come back and gone are you enjoying, hold on are you enjoying radiohead yeah tangent yeah, yeah. that's what well, this is the thing like th- let's I, talk about I, radiohead for two hours i'm I mean, now like those, this is the, the these world's, critically the world's only <laughs> podcast dedicated to the manic street preachers so let's talk how about are you radiohead? enjoying radiohead <laughs> <laughs> but it's one of those things where it's like hold on this critically acclaimed band's quite good right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, i know what you mean who does so, yeah i, I have that with fleetwood mac i hate fleetwood mac until i'm listening to them <laughs> okay. and then i'm sat there going this is really good yeah. and then it finishes and i'm like that was shit yeah but then even just from doing this where we've been going back to these albums and, and listening to them and, and writing down, it, I'm finding it interesting and therefore I'm starting to like them again and realising why they're a good band. This is the point of the podcast because Steve, like you said, you over the years you have a familiarity with them, don't you? Yes. Um, I think we used to listen to Send Away the Tigers quite a lot when it came out, um, just sort of driving around in my car. Mm-hmm. That was That was quite a album we used to listen to a lot and yeah. you've, you've been to a few of their gigs with me and, i've been to two i think you yeah. went to see them at southampton twice yeah is that's that probably true yeah this yeah. is very dry uh <laughs> lucas you probably know what five songs well probably, not anymore not anymore yeah but but before we did this you, you probably knew i five tried songs. to list them and i listed and i probably didn't even get the well, names on. Right. We'll i was try. like when you tolerate this your children will be next yeah spot on is that the name of the song i nope. believe so uh if uh, the one with the girl from the cardigans. That's quite good. Uh, your love alone is not enough. Yep. Uh, Design for life. Design for life. Yeah, yeah that yeah. one. I knew yeah. that one. Fact about that song. We had a school assembly in junior school based around a Design for Life by the Manic Street Preachers. How was it based around? Right. Considering we'll the, episode, the real surely. content of the song. <laughs> yeah. He, sort of about like a almost like a classist uprising and, and yeah, sort yeah, of yeah, being yeah. pigeonholed into yeah, stereotypes. Yeah, yeah, he went. Um, you need to think about what you want to do in your future and have a design for life. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fine. Yeah, did it work? Have a, have a bottle in your dirty face. 
Oh, wow, your headmaster was really <laughs> violent. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I think I just listed all the songs. Oh, no, it turned out when I listened to Motorcycle Emptiness, I you was like, oh, I know this song. Yeah. I recognise this. It's a song I vaguely know. Yeah. I think you will have that With a, a number lot. of songs. I think you will know You Stole the Song From My Heart. I think you'll know The Everlasting. Probably. I think you'll know Australia, Everything Must Go. Stuff like that. I think yeah, the I think big that, I, songs are things you will be aware of. I remember when I saw Stereophonics at a festival because they were just the next band on. Sure. And being like, oh, I know like three of their songs. And then I, the whole set, I was like, this is back-to-back bangers that I love. They do I have some bangers. didn't yeah. think about all the songs that I just like heard by Osmosis over the years. Mm-hmm. And then turns out I liked I had them. that with Blur. I had completely forgotten loads of songs by Blur until I revisited them because it was stuff that like my mum would play in the car or... Was on the, the radio. radio, yeah, yeah, and also worth noting that the my opinion. I know so little about Manics that in my head, the Manic Street Preachers have always been for forty-year-old men. What forever? Yeah, like in, in a t-shirt <laughs> with Supported a t-shirt and a blazer, playing dad rock. That sounds like Adam, basically. <laughs> that's as far as I'm concerned. That's all they've ever been, and so let's, going to their first album and seeing that that's not what they've always been at all. Yeah, is interesting. So that, because I literally. Imagine them as like a band with zero edge and have never had even a hit. They're like Coldplay. They've never had a sliver of edge. This is where because all I've known of them is like oh, dad rock band. Okay, not that interesting. That's very interesting. And and this is that this was a very roundabout way of saying that this is the thrust of the of the podcast. Uh, We all found out in discussions that we listen to music quite differently, Um, and what we would like to kind of explore through this band is. Does context and a deeper reading of music improve your kind of listening experience? Um, I, th- I think that the the kind of the main topic we hit on was lyrics. Is that I often go after sort of lyrics if I don't understand what the artist is saying. And Lucas, you say really that you you never do that, or it's very rare. Even my favourite bands, who I've collected art books and have the vinyl copies and all mm. that stuff i don't look at the lyrics in them yeah and so then to take and that i think one... that's and i this is the debate is that i think that is how the majority of people listen to music okay well we'll get into it we'll get into <laughs> it but the, and then to take that one step further we're also going to be looking at the history of the band and the outside context and seeing if that affects the music as well you know does knowing the story behind the music improve how you experience the music so we're going to be doing a, a kind of deeper dive on on all of these things. One from the perspective of a huge fan who has spent far too much money on seeing them. I think I'm up to maybe 17 times now. And 17? Yeah, I think so. Wow. And, um, you know, buying all the special editions and all, all the stuff like that. Um, you know, so we'll be doing it from that perspective. We'll be doing it the perspective of kind of a more casual listener steve right you're, yeah yeah you're aware of them you've liked bits i probably of what you've heard yeah i know a, a lot more about them i guess than lucas does or did i'm the pleb yeah yeah, yeah. you fit well, but right that's into not the just village idiot role of the podcast I'm right the, the, the normie pleb but that's not just for the podcast that is your role that's my role anyway yeah the soy boy beta cuck of yeah. our entire I was wondering how long it would take for someone to say soy boy beta cuck. Yeah, it yeah. turns out it's about nine minutes. And I, nine minutes. And I just knew it'd be Steve it as well. Yeah, Steve. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. I'm so that's what we're going to try and do. We're going we're gonna to check in with Lucas and Steve and with me and see how we're enjoying the music 
with all of that context added in. Um, I suppose a, a good place to start is kind of giving people a base level. Lucas, what kind of music are you into? Other than Manic Street Preachers now, which you're obviously very heavily into. They are my new favourite band. <laughs> uh, I basically haven't discovered any new music since about 2009. Same. Yeah. I sort of found my bands and I stuck with... I mean, there's some have crept in, but I I so seldom listen to albums anymore, mm-hmm. apart from albums that I know and love. I do, someone goes, oh, have you heard the new... Something. <laughs> you can't even name I can't, the modern Have band. you heard the new... Well. There's a new Coldplay album, apparently. There is a new Coldplay album. Yeah, I haven't listened to a Coldplay album since uh, Milo's Idoto, I think. Okay. Because I just stopped listening to new music, apart from the select artists that I am... I just listen to, like, ambient, relaxing, chill Is this how this podcast is going to be? Because I asked you, what kind of music are you into? And then you spent a minute and a half telling me all the music you don't like or don't (laughs) listen to. Okay, so I do listen to a lot of, <laughs> but these days I mostly don't listen to like what like He's artists. Doing it again. I listen to <laughs> like playlists of just like oh this what, is like what do you listen? To? This is like a playlist of like uh-huh. like chill music, and I'll just listen to that what or like is it? classical music or like film soundtracks. But it's not just like one artist; it's just okay. like a load of stuff, you know. Bands like you I'm, like Muse. I'm an unashamed Muse super fan. Yeah. Yes. And I think the way that you like Muse is similar to the way that I like the Yes, Manic Street I have box sets and yeah. seen them live 20 times. But also, and, all that. and I'm sure we'll touch on this, but they were, Manic Street Preachers were a band that were very important to me when I was a teenager in those kind of formative years. And so you'll always like anything they do, even regardless. if it's objectively bad. Yeah, 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 pretty much. There are some Manix albums that I don't like. Okay. Uh, I also, so, I like, like... Well, I guess we'll get into that later. We can. I mean... Because I want to know everything. Because um, I didn't know that. I don't... I'm not a massive fan of the latest one, Resistance is Futile. Okay. I'm, uh, spoilers, I'm not a massive fan of Generation Terrorists. Oh. Um, oh. My favourite Manic stuff is, aside, aside from the classics like the Holy Bible and Everything Must Go, I'm a big fan of Know Your Enemy and Lifeblood. Which um, I can I can hear Manix fans screaming at me from here. Lifeblood is, is is a much maligned album. This is what I'm thinking right now. Yeah. How many fucking albums have we got to get through? <laughs> I think you named si- about sixty. I think it's sixteen. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. Are, are they all? Are any of them as long as Generation Terrorist? Here we go. That's the first mention. Do you know what, guys? This sorry, go on, but. This the Generation Terrorist is long. Generation Terrorist is long, and yeah. we'll be covering it on our next episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think Know Your Enemy might be a similar length. Christ. Because it's two tracks shorter, but the tracks are longer. Good. <laughs> um, what about Steve? What's Steve's musical... Where do you fall on the musical spectrum? So I like how in the end, actually, named, I named one band, yeah, yeah, yeah. really. Yeah, who, he listens to Muse and classical, classical music, music and film soundtracks. Now, I like, and aren't you I like my favourite bands like Arcade Fire, uh, Sigur Ross. You fit into that sort of like mid-2000s indie rock sort of thing, don't you? Yeah. I always yeah. associate Maximo Park with you. I... And I don't know why. Don't. And We like Are Scientists. That, that, I loved We Are Scientists. They're yeah, playing, actually. Awesome. I saw they're playing... And I might go see him, but this is where completely they, where off topic. 
I think I saw them. At, they're um, doing they're doing with Love and Squalor in its entirety. At the, that's the only album House I know. And I, and I, I love saw that them album. at uh, Portsmouth Pyramids. Classic. How was that? Yeah, it was fine. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> what am I into? And metal. I don't think anyone asked, but yeah, go on. What are you? you did you not? I asked. No, oh, okay, I asked, and then I immediately started talking about myself again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yes, I also uh, loved heavy music when I was younger, and I still listen to it because <laughs> yeah, nostalgia. Yeah. Immediately started talking about himself again. Oh, no, please. So do you listen to Metallica and stuff like that? And we will get to you in a second, Steve. Not so Metallica, but like I was proper into like, you know, like emo and like yeah my comical romance uh, yeah, 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 a little bit yeah. Yeah. like funeral friend kill switch engage bands like that and i'll still listen to them right. because it's like hits that nostalgia sorry steve so what um lucas did you listen to <laughs> deftones and and things like that kind of at the drive-in or no uh, at the drive-in no. i saw them live recently Oh, really? oh, they reformed, didn't they? Yeah. And Steve, we will get to you in a I second. Saw them supporting, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw them supporting Royal um, I, Blood, mm. who is a new band that actually broke through my barrier of not listening to new bands. Royal Blood are okay. They're good. Yeah, it's quite impressive what he does with the bass. And we will uh, get on to you in a second, Steve. Yeah, and we no, will I get, just back, wanna, we will get we'll, back to Manic Street Preachers Manic Street well. Preachers at some Can point. I, so we'll go on, on then, Steve. Yeah, no, it's fine. Yeah, can you get on with talking about what music <laughs> you like, Steve? I was just waiting for you to interrupt me again. Um... <clears throat> I'm yeah. I, at the moment, uh, I'm I'm into like a lot of folk stuff, like Fleet Foxes, Laura Marling, which I know you have an issue with. What Laura, Laura Marling? Marling and Fleet Foxes and Fleet Foxes? Yeah, Interesting. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, I still listen to the same bands I used to when I was in college, basically. So brand new and bands like that, which have an interesting kind of thing around the context as well. Yeah, you separate the art from the artist and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I have been getting into bands like Gaslight Anthem recently. I don't tend to get into new music. I discover bands Dis- that... Discover older music. Yeah, yeah. Like, why was that? Why were people into that? And then figuring out why. Well, That's no, because now new music is bad. Well, we're all 30 and new music isn't aimed at us. Yes. Oh, uh, what? Yeah, pretty much. I do like Billie Eilish. Oh, for the listeners, Adam's doing a face that I cannot describe. Yeah, it's an indescribable face. I tell you who I hate. A... I want okay. it on record that I hate Lewis Capaldi and everything related to him. I know yeah. nothing and about that. I want guy. that strictly on the record. This is the guy that spread stole as wide the, as possible. Uh, that meme song, isn't it? And again, we will get back to Manic Street Preaching soon. <laughs> oh, yeah. Huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the one that goes, my. That one. Doesn't, didn't he steal that song? And... Did he? Literally, yeah. I don't know who. He is. You'd recognise the songs you've probably heard on the radio. Because, I don't think I have. Because it's that Maya song. That's why you'd recognise okay. it. Okay. Honestly. It's... It, I, yeah, anyway. Let's, yeah. let's show Anyway, we, yeah. th- those are the kind of bands we're into. I'm also in... I'm, you know, uh, sort of... Yeah, like you said, like the big three for me are R.E.M. Radiohead and the Mannix and this stuff like the National and sort of stuff floating around there. The Bradfield, the Stipe and the Ugly. <sighs> Steve looked at his notes before he said that. Yeah, I've written that Have down here. Have you written that down? I've written it here. Show me. Oh, he circled it. He circled it. Hold on. And as a, if you look really close, it says, really good, really good joke. The Bradfield, the st- oh, so you're calling Tom York ugly. That's, yeah. They are all goblins in radio. <laughs> 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 um, so that's kind of where we lie on the musical spectrum. But let's get a little bit more, let's get a little bit deeper, but also a little bit more uh, basic. Lucas, what is music? <laughs> Wow. Come on. We don't want dead air, so... It's a collection of notes, one after another, that form a pleasing sound. 
you can't see I'm actually crying a bit. That is that's interesting though because that is very literal. A very technical, borderline autistic answer. I am a computer programmer. It is worth pointing out. Yeah, I am not a creative person. He's a robot man. I have. I was in a band. And I have played instruments. Okay, we're plain. Going to move on. I have Steve. plain oh. instruments. Okay. But I would not call myself a creative man. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Steve, what is music <laughs> to you? To me? Mm-hmm. How does one answer that? <laughs> how does one <laughs> It's I... a simple question, Steve. Yeah, sorry, yeah. What is music? Oh my god, everyone's looking at me. Music is an artistic expression of one's soul. Oh, that's a lovely answer. That's actually deep. Yeah, that is deep. Do you like that? Shall I go? Yeah, go on. I think it's a form of communication that uh, reaches beyond what you can just say. Oh, my God. That's also lovely. I I think it's a way of communicating with other humans on a much more base level than conversation. Now, let's think about our answers, mine and you, Adam. Yeah, and then remember what Lucas said. And let's said. compare them. Can I to go Lucas? again? The robotman. <laughs> Can I Lucas go again? Robotman. No, no, you can't go again. It's a series of notes that make pleasing sounds. <laughs> I mean, it's we've just... added pleasing sounds. Did there I not is, say pleasing before? There is some kind of emotion. <laughs> I, I'd like to point out, I'm He's not fully a robotman. He I'm just not. The, he hears the sound. I cry at music regularly enough. Oh yeah, I love a cry, but I <laughs> couldn't make it. Uh, what? I couldn't make music. Oh, right. Okay. Ever. Well, I mean, I tried. I was in a band and I was the bass player and we all know bass players are absolute jokes. Oh, you're a bassist? I mean, I've, I've sold my bass. I thought you were a racist. It's good. <laughs> I miss her. Yeah. On I... rec- Can we just put that on the record that that was... In- <laughs> what? He- that oh, I'm my God. not a racist. You're a bassist. Oh. Which, as we know, is the joke of the it's it's oh we need a bassist can you get a bass yeah so that you could be our bassist you can play guitar as well right which is exactly what i mean i have a guitar okay fine <laughs> but you I'm, can only play the bottom four strings i can only play the bottom four strings <laughs> one at a time I'm, and uh yep not very good at it i keep saying <laughs> i'm gonna get better at my guitar and then i don't at least you can play an instrument that if you get a note wrong it matters as a drummer as long as I'm in time, right? Which yeah. I'm not. Well, that's your biggest <laughs> yeah, mistake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right then there. I can hit the wrong thing, and it's fine. That's I've, why I've, I've heard your bands. Yeah. Okay. Again, I, I asked. You know, Lucas asked to change his answer. So his answer to what is music to you yeah. is I play the bass. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's illuminating. Yeah. If we're going, if you, if the question you're asking is, I is it's I don't derive a huge amount of meaning from songs i enjoy melodies and harmonies and the construction of a song so if, if there more, was if there was a singer who wasn't that good at singing but the lyrics were incredibly meaningful i you would probably still like that less than someone singing no words but beautifully i much prefer Seagull Ross to Bob Dylan, if that's the question you're asking. Right, no, that is almost exactly <laughs> the question. Yeah, I'm I like Bob Dylan. He's decent enough. But yeah, wow. I... I damning with faint praise. Yeah. Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan, decent, decent enough. enough. He's eight. <laughs> but I, like I say, I'm not the person who will look up the lyrics. So I don't... Well, this is the debate we've had. Well, the, you, it seems the vocal like to me to is another all, instrument. Really. We have a group chat that's um, arguments. Yeah, basically. Which is quite good to get that out of the way. Which started as a Destiny chat, we should mention. Yes, is that we all play Destiny 2. Yeah. 
Um, and then, because we're big nerds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big friends, big nerds. We're just some big fucking mates, aren't we? Big mates. I'm such a big mate. Just big mates. I'm not. Manix, I'm the right. smallest of the three of us. What? That's probably... Uh, yeah, that's probably true. You're taller than me. Interesting. This is a very interesting We were going to compare belly sizes, weren't we? We were. were. Let's do that after we're done recording. I've got a little tape measure. We can do that. (laughs) I don't want to do that. Okay. No one was talking about you. I'm convinced convinced that if we measure mine and Steve's belly... We'll get on in just a second. First of all... Belly size. If you've just joined us, this is the world's only dedicated Manic Street Preachers. <laughs> How many minutes are we, we in before we've mentioned about. the Manic Street Preachers? Uh, I don't know. But also, if you've just joined us... How, yeah, what, a, what, how are you podcast? listening to your podcast? <laughs> if you've just joined us, rewind to the beginning. Yeah, yeah. The way I like to listen to a podcast is just skip 20 minutes in. How long have we been recording? Actually, let's not go there. <laughs> let's go. Do you okay, wanna- so we... I, I think that the debates about how we listen to music yeah. will come up as we analyse the music. Which is also worth noting, I, although Adam's told me this has to change for the next batch of albums, I have intentionally not read the lyrics to any of the songs of these right. songs. Right, we, we've approached these first few albums, or first few tracks, or however you want to put it, as listening to it the way we would usually listen to things. Although, Steve, you might have pulled more duty than you usually do, because I know you've got notes and notes and notes of stuff. Yeah, I've, I would have never have done this with any music before. I don't have any kind of critical analysis background. Um, right. I would usually put on a song, and if it makes me feel something, it makes me feel something. But And I have looked up the lyrics in the past, going back to that, because I thought, oh, that sounds interesting, what's he talking about? Or I've wanted to learn the song to be able to sing to myself in the car. But right, I, right, right. I've never delved into lyrics. Delved? Del- dove. Delved? Wizard Del- sleeve. Delved. What? Delved. Okay. Del- I've never delvedated into words uh, in this respect to try and figure out what they mean and what that might mean to the song or the album. But um, yeah, so it's an interesting thing. But it must it- conjure some kind of image. Like a lot of lyrics are so kind of um, emotive and and can like you know, give you things to think about images, even if it's not what the artist intended. Yeah. So d- does that happen to you? Because Lucas, you were saying that doesn't happen to you either. It, no, it does. Okay. Again, worth, worth, worth mentioning, my favourite band is Muse, and their lyrics are either terrible... Don't waste your time or time will waste you. Or very, very on the nose, and so it's hard not to Don't immediately picture the thing that they're mentioning because the lyrics are on the nose. Mm. And when someone says "Don't waste your time" or "Time will waste you," how does that make you feel? What 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 do you think about? What's the picture that comes into your head there? Big clock, big clock. Pardon? Big clock, and mm. uh, my face Don't is at twelve. A big you. clock in your face, and and it's at eleven fifty-five. It's at eleven fifty-five. Interesting. What happens at midnight? Interesting. Or midday? Well, that's the time that you were struck by lightning, isn't it? <laughs> I don't understand this bit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, right. That will be a recurring thing. Yeah, that's that'll be Lucas's catchphrase of the podcast. I don't understand this bit. Yeah, pretty much. But I know I do enjoy lyrics, but if I don't hear or get much from the lyrics, I won't seek them out or strive to hear mm. more or learn more. There's songs I probably know every word to that I've never really put the lyrics together in my head about what they're actually saying. I could just sing along to it in my car. And so when I when I put forward the idea that I think context can improve a song what do you think about that spoiler, you dis- spoiler alert yeah 
but the context of what my expectations of Manic Street Peaches were, and then the first song from Generation Terrorists, mm-hmm. I liked it a lot more because it, the context of my expectations being, I think it's going to be XYZ, and it was ABC, made it better. Right, okay. But that's not but really lyrically, that, that that's musically. Yeah, that is something slightly different. That's just something exceeding or subverting your expectations. Like, do you think that knowing about the history of a band could improve the way that you perceive their music? Well, I know that you've obviously talked a bit about what's to come. Yeah. And so I feel like I need to learn more about it before well, we listen to... There's a really interesting recent-ish example of context completely changing an album, which is David Bowie's last album. Very yep, good fair. point. And that album was exceptional. And but I how, did, how did you feel about the album? Yeah. You know, it definitely, the, the made, it it definitely out stood out more as because of his death and you could feel it in the music and everything. And that was absolutely... Absolutely. So that's, that's, I mean, that's pretty high in terms of the something big changing how yeah. an album is received. Yeah. What but, would be interesting over though the course of the podcast, even just listening to music is if it does change the way we listen to music just because we're having to try something different and that's, that's quite a true. good thing right um you're gonna probably i hope end up looking at lyrics i have to Dad, because adam's, 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 told de- adam's declared demanded it. it but then you might go you might listen to something else completely unrelated to the homework we've been set <laughs> <laughs> and uh and and think actually no look, i'm gonna i'm gonna have a go at that and see if that changes it delve a little bit deeper mm. uh the other oh. thing is it's quite hard to do Sorry. that because i do 80% of my music listening in my car. Same. And so you can't really look up the lyrics when you're driving along. You can. But you can save you it can. For like when you get home. <laughs> oh, I'd have forgotten by then. Do you, do you never sort of think like, right, I'm going to experience this album and genuinely do, do nothing else except put your headphones on and listen to the album? Uh, I will do it the first time a new Muse album comes out. I'll pop my headphones on. I'll sit down God, you fucking love with me, a cup of tea and I'll listen to it in its entirety, top to bottom. Yeah. And then I'll listen on shuffle. No, shuffle I, no, 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 I, no, no, I okay. don't shuffle immediately. The shuffle doesn't come until you're on like listen number. 15 I would never shuffle an album. Oh, I shuffle yeah, albums. The way I listen to music, time. I listen to albums, and or unless it's a playlist. Ooh la la. Oh, I do. Oh, I do. I sometimes I will sometimes be like, I want to listen. You know, like uh, just the other day, I was I driving along and albums? I was like, I really fancy listening to the Neon Bible. Uh, guys, by I actually Fire. Uh, I listen to albums. Uh, I don't so, listen to music. I listen to albums, so. records. So I do. I will, but like it's not my default position. I'll like I'll go on. Oh, I want to listen to Arcade Fire. You'll shuffle everything position. they've ever made and just shuffle it. So you wouldn't. And, and do you ever think like, okay, I'm going to revisit an album and, yeah, and, and to listen to it front to back. Yeah, I'll do because it. If I know is... I've got a long car journey ahead, I'll go, you know what? I'm driving for two hours, so I can bang on Funeral. Yeah. And I'll listen to it top to bottom. So the th- one of the things I find fascinating about the context of music is that actually it can also apply to your mood. So sometimes I will be, I'm feeling a certain way, and I would like to revisit an album in that kind of mood. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Lucas is staring at me like he is. No, I'm trying to think if I've ever done that. So in terms of... My love for the band Brand New. <laughs> like, there's certain albums that if I'm feeling sad, well, then I want to feel that more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is yeah. kind of a bit fucked up. And I'll put on that. But if I'm, like, excited or I'm going out or I'm driving to something that I'm looking forward to, then I'll put on a bit more of an upbeat album. Right. To kind of get I think that's pretty much everyone. Have everyone... you ever done it the other way around? Oh. 
Next, sad. next time you're going out for well, a night out, <laughs> yeah. put on the saddest album you yeah, can find. Sure. Okay. <laughs> just, just, yeah, yeah. And t- tell me, tell me, tell me what happens because again, that will kind of change. I think it will change your perception of the album a little bit in some way. It's got to. But then I turn up to the party dull and uninteresting, Adam. What's I different? don't think that. Yeah, exactly. That's what? what's different. So. Also, I'm just you to... don't get invited to parties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what party is this? <laughs> So I go upstairs. <laughs> and what? Where's this going? Go upstairs. That's... You're going to go upstairs now. <laughs> you know this no, isn't no, a party. I tried something to <laughs> you know you being here right what now isn't you about? being invited Look, to a party. This isn't a party, Steve. I, 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 let's go back and analyse that. Okay. <laughs> what were you trying? I to don't say? get invited to parties. So my idea of me travelling to somewhere was just me walking upstairs and sitting down. Because <laughs> I don't in get invited anywhere in my own house. I tried it. You it didn't work. It, okay. it didn't work. We're going to see a lot of that as well. That's going to be your catchphrase. That tea you're about to take a sip off is going to be ice cold. Cold air. Let's find out, shall we? This is tense. Oh. Oh, it's right in my ears. It was cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, I finished yeah. mine a, lo- a long yeah. time ago yeah, and it was getting cold. cold. I mean, if any Manix fans are listening, they have fully tuned out now. Manic? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Right. Right. I think, okay, so we want to delve into the history. And I think the most interesting way to do this is to start with Lucas. Lucas, what do you know about the Manic Street Preachers? Hmm. As this is, and this is what I now know, not what I knew before we started the process of doing this podcast. Give us both. Give us what well, you Before, used I've already to know. given you, which was, as far as I'm concerned, they're a bunch of 42 year old men in a t shirt and a blazer playing dad rock. And that was literally okay. all I knew. And Didn't you know history? Nothing. Nothing at all. You don't know where they're from. You don't know their names. Uh, I knew they were British. Okay. Didn't know where from from in Britain. Turns out they're Welsh. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Tick. I know that now. Do you know where from in Wales? Uh, Probably Bridgend. That's where all the bands are from. Where? Bridgend. No. That's where there was a load of emo bands from Bridgend in like the noughties. Yeah. Including Lost Prophets. Oh, Uh, Bullet for My Valentine? Yeah. And Funeral for a Friend. They're Welsh. They're from Bridgend. Oh, God. Uh, now I know that there's not much more except the fact that at some point after, but later, the, the albums that we haven't yet listened to, someone goes missing. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And that, that has an effect on the band. You would assume that it does, yeah. Yeah. But we'll get there. That's about all I know. That's it. Steve, what do you know? Can you expand on that at all? Expand. Is there something? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Adam's gouging his eyes out. Yeah. Um, uh, formed late eighties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, Welsh. Well, probably mid eighties. Um, James Dean Bradfield, Nicky Wire. Oh shit. Richie. Yeah. Edwards. Yeah. And Sean Moore. Yeah. On the drums. Look uh, at that. So, look at that, Lucas. I've written here Sean Research. Moore. There's a there's a joke around his name. But I haven't figured out. Sean, give me some no. more. Yeah, I can just I'm see g- on Steve's notes. Just a little spoiler alert. Uh, I can just see whoa, whoa, whoa. massive capital letters that say "fuck off," <laughs> <laughs> and I can't wait to know what that is referring to. I, th- I think Sean uh, Moore. I think that that's referring to one specific song on Generation Terrorists. Uh, yeah. But looking at my notes, I've got it written down next to six or seven of the songs on Generation <laughs> Terrorists. <laughs> I've got it next to. Lucas's name. <laughs> so, uh, what else have I got here? Why did you write my name down? Uh, on the notes? I, did you forget it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Daniel. 
Daniel Way. Daniel Way. Danny Way. Uh, the big D. Uh, oh, no. Um, and again, I know that uh, Richard goes missing. It's assumed he um, took his own life. Um, oh, Lucas has nearly knocked over all the equipment. Um, yeah, and that's about it, really. Uh, I'm aware of like the images they used to have uh, and, and things like that. But um, otherwise, it's quite limited, to be fair. I don't okay. know the ins and outs. I think um, that's Sean probably... Moore. Sean Moore. There's Sean some, Moore. There's something around. We'll get to it. I, yeah, I yeah. think I think you're right. There's something there. I've got... And we'll... we'll We'll come up with something. Wh- Hold on. Hold on. Sean Wales. Moore. Sheep. Wait, don't. Okay. He was on it. Hold on. Here we go. Here we go. He was on a... There's no way he hasn't written this whole thing. Down. I haven't written this down. You can... Right. There's something around sheep. Carry on. Now I'm going to let you uh, yeah, figure this out. You. Hold on. Let's Sean- sit in there. He worked... Hold on. Before he was in a band... This is, this is it. Okay. Before he was in a band... He was a civil servant. He is he. <laughs> yeah. He uh, worked on a sheep farm, and he really enjoyed shearing the sheep. He joined the Mannix, but he wished he'd shorn more. Adam, Lucas, that took a long time to get. It it took so uh, long. He it looks so pleased with himself. <laughs> Sean that's Moore. St- that's Steve's love. Sean, to see Sean Moore. <laughs> oh God. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Oh. If right. that, Jesus if anyone God. found that tedious, stop listening now and tune out. Don't yeah. bother. Don't tell them to stop listening. <laughs> I'm just doing a public service. Adam, if you, you didn't unplug- enjoy on, that, on. you're not going to enjoy this. Adam's unplugging my mic. Just turning you all the way down. Yeah. <laughs> um. So they aren't from. Bridgend, but they are from. Is Bridgend in South Wales? Pass. Pass? Yep. Sure. They are from South Wales. They're from uh, Blackwood, uh, which is a very small mining, or was a very small mining community in South Wales. Uh, Richie said about it um, if you built a museum to represent Blackwood, all you could put in it would be shit. <laughs> Great. Rubble and shit. <laughs> so, good place. And. Uh, I wonder, yeah. It sounds really boring, and it sounds like the only thing you can do there is form a band. Sure. Um, and you're absolutely right. There's Nicky, Richie, James, Sean, Sean Moore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's something Sean around that. Sean Moore. Yeah. Well, there's there is something, and we will we'll get to it. I think, <laughs> I think we'll really. No, we got there already. We I think it. we'll get to. No, it. I think we could. Tighten that up a little bit, and we'll we'll yeah, we'll yeah. get to it. And that'll be its own podcast. Yeah, sweet. Uh, James and Sean are cousins. Didn't know that. There you go. That's interesting, isn't it? Is it? Is it interesting? How does that change the music for you, Lucas? <laughs> uh, knowing, not, not in the slightest. Knowing yeah. that the lead singer and lead guitarist and the drummer are cousins. All three of them. Wait, what? The lead singer and the guitarist are the same person. Ah, uh, okay. Oh, fine. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, yeah, yeah. Uh, wait <laughs> what? <laughs> wait, what are their names again? James and Sean Moore. So not uh, the one that goes missing. No, that's Richie. Cool. Yep. <laughs> okay. No emotional reaction to that. He's a robot. They were cousins. They were cousins. So how does that change... The music? The first album for you, or, or the first EP. And, and by the way, just to let you know, 40 minutes in, we'll be covering <laughs> New Art Riot today. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah, yeah probably yeah. means uh, arranging the recording process is probably a bit easier. Interesting, yeah. family and they probably live near each other. I think they lived in the same house for a little while. Well. 
So. It changes nothing for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nothing. I'm, I'm stretching. Oh, yeah. God. That's, can you oh. stop, actually, because that is disgusting. How are you sat? <laughs> Uh, so yes, anyway, they grew up together. They've all known each other since, well, I mean, James and Sean were cousins, but but broadly they've been a group of people since the age of five. Wow. Um, which, which is, yeah, really impressive. Um, so basically all family. Yeah, If you've known each other for that long, right? Pretty much. Mind you, I suppose there wasn't a lot of people in Blackwood, right? Uh, yeah, uh, not not very many people at all. Yeah. It's, like I say, a, a small, well, uh, you know, maybe not as small as you're imagining. Um, there were... 12 pits in the Blackwood area, which um, obviously I mean mining pits, you know, yep. coal mines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lucas's what did you con- think? I- Lucas's context corner. Yeah. Can I throw out a guess? Yeah. Does the closing of the mines mm-hmm. and Thatcherism mm. factor in to the music they create? Oh, Lucas. Oh, I've just, I've caught something. I'm Very like, heavily. I Thanks yes. for listening. I have been to you, love On us. to we- something. Yeah. That's it. That's all I was going to say. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> context. But no, you're absolutely right. The strike in 1984, um, the Manics would have been around sort of age 15, 16. And so I'm, young, angry as it is anyway. Yeah, yeah. Young, young and angry. And, you know, South Wales has always been uh, a very kind of socialist environment, which I think has informed not only their upbringing, but their lyrics. Um, and <laughs> you see, the, 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 thing, the, thing about, the thing about the Manics that... Um, that not a lot of people think about. They either think that, you know, they do dad rock if they came to them very late, Lucas. Um, and they, um, if they got to them very early, you know, some of them, some people would just assume that they were quite angry punks. But I, the thing I find about the Manics music is that it's all quite sad. There's like... Uh, I will say throughout that there's a good old chunk about suicide and drugs. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the few notes I've written... Uh, well, we'll get there. But I wrote, oh, suicide again. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah, There is a huge current of sort of like real sadness behind the lyrics and behind the songs. Even when the song is like the most upbeat thing in the world. The lyrics, they aren't just like sort of political. They aren't just sort of angry. There is an actual kind of sadness behind it. And I think that um, growing up in sort of like the strike environment must have like attributed uh to that contributed to that rather who wrote the majority of the lyrics was it richie it's richie and nicky right they're kind of the lyricists which one's the singer again james so when you were showing me that little art book earlier mm-hmm. i remarked to he steve did. the fact that the man i would consider the front man the lead singer isn't like the sort of focal point of all the pictures he's Correct. like he's so is he not sort of the face of the band not really interesting yeah isn't it so um, do you want to say what yeah we were so looking at? for people we were looking at assassinated beauty by uh kevin cummins which is which i brought as like kind of a visual aid for like the fashion of the manics early on because that's quite difficult to convey when we're just listening to albums or we're doing a podcast um but i think manics fans will be fully kind yeah. of you know if, if you listen to this and you're not a manics fan just like google manic street preachers leopard print i mean just I mean, to, just for listeners now just to give them a kind of visual i'm sat here in a leopard print dress with culture slut written across my forehead yes um, but i was gonna do that anyway that's true so, that, so you didn't it, know we were recording in i, Street I didn't know recording today. until you just said that then <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, it's i mean it's quite good that i've written these notes 
Yeah, that is lucky. Yeah. I think anyone who listens to Generation Terrorists would immediately know that they are wearing leopard print. <laughs> right? Okay. I think that album screams leopard print. Does it? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I okay. see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does conjure up very, like, classic rock and roll sort of yeah. imagery. And, and maybe a sash. <laughs> yeah, a sash. Yeah, like yeah. a sash. They used to wear a lot of feather boas. Oh, cool. Yeah. And we're, tan- we're, we're becoming tangential again. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we are, are right, literally talking baby. about the Manic Street Preachers. It's I know, the furthest we tangent we've managed so far. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we were talking about the sadness of their lyrics. And I think that was informed by the strike environment, like I was saying. And like having to... I mean, they grew up and just basically watched everyone around them lose. Because, you know, everybody they knew did not win when it came to the, the mining strike. Um <laughs> And only of the 12 pits in the Blackwood area, one was reopened, which means... Oh, they were right then, weren't they? There was, <laughs> it was just a very busy coal mine. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, there was huge amounts of, um, of unemployment. Um, I mean, ultimately, like, uh, you know, loads, of, loads of pits closed and unions were weakened and Thatcher won. And it's just sort of, it was a bad time for everyone. And Steve, I know you're... A civil servant, so you have to be uh, balanced. So I know that you'll say that you're glad all the pits closed and you're a huge supporter of Thatcher. Is that right? Yeah, but yeah, also yeah. it's uh, bad. Yeah. Because but it's also, balanced. on the flip side, oh, yeah. oh, bad. But also good. But also real bad. Yeah, but... Yeah, 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 nice. Yeah. Yeah. Way to toe the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you have to remain neutral. That was good, right? I feel like you could probably... My favourite your... colours are red, blue, green, yellow. Oh, God, what if I miss one out right now? Carry on. You know there's no, like no, an infinite do... number of colours as well. There's oh my god. Infinite number well, okay, of there's a lot. There's millions. And if you're just tuning in now, this is the world's only podcast dedicated to Manic Street Why Preachers. would people be tuning and in we're, now? And we're talking about the different kinds of colours. <laughs> there is loads, right? There's loads of colours. Yeah. Open <laughs> MS Paint, you can see there's at least 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I suppose so. 20 colours. Anyway, the yeah. Manics kind of carry with them through their whole career this sort of like weird kind of air of like resignation and defeat and sadness that I think informs a lot of their work. And I think not a lot of people give them enough credit for those kind of like multi-layered sort of things they bring into their lyrics. Guilty. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, you know, I think we'll get onto it, but some of their lyrics are indecipherable anyway. So if you're not <laughs> yeah. looking them up, you won't necessarily well, get yeah, on Here we go. You this are, is, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Which almost makes me think, how many people actually got that message because all they could make out was gibberish. Yeah. <laughs> Apart from the odd bit about making him howl. That's, that's later, right? Yeah. It's yeah. Later. <laughs> James talks about this um, really kind of like strong image of like a really big, strong mining guy um, having to be retrained in typing. And I I think that like kind of solidified a sense of like like I think they had a really good idea of uh, what it is to be out of place and I think that comes through I think the Manics have always been an out of place band they are like very well read and intelligent which stereotypically doesn't mix with the world of rock and roll that often yep does that make sense yep you mean it wasn't just talking about drinking and 
banging women and right. uh, snorting cocaine. And exactly. Having a good party. In fact, there's. In fact, if they mention any of those things, it has. It's done in a kind of. Isn't this a sad? Re- yeah, a really yeah. sad, kind of depressing, angry kind of way. I'm already regressing not reading the lyrics. Are you? Well, because interesting. I when I listen to that, like when I listen to Generation Terrorists, yeah, I picture snorting cocaine. <clears throat> And banging women. Yeah. But you do that when you listen to... You Anything. Know, like Wheels Any sounds. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, no, I really... <laughs> Any sounds at all. Yeah. I... You hear a car honk and you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, that definitely, boy. like, the style of music that that is... I mean, I'm getting ahead of myself because this is not... Yeah, we're not talking about not the episode we'll about Generation Terrorists. We'll like, this is kind of an introductory kind of episode. So. that is uh, not... I would... When I hear that, I might definitely think of banging prostitutes... And snorting cocaine again out of their arse. Old McDonald had a farm. You're thinking the same thing. Do they? Do they? <laughs> do they? Out of the arse crack. It's definitely been done. I oh. thought they blew it. Crack up on crack. The what? hole. What? What? Talk to me more. No, no, no. Give me a blow image. cocaine up someone's bum hole. Yeah. What and then it like absorbs into the into the arse. I thought that was a oh. thing. Oh. I can't say that I've tried it myself. There was big definitely a, wink. There was definitely. <laughs> Do you say big wink Just every time a, you wink, or is that for big wink? At <laughs> yeah, yeah. <Steve. laughs> but do you say big wink every time you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Just in case. Yeah. yeah. Just in case you're on, you know, a podcast where no one can see you wink. Mm-hmm. All this talk of focusing cocaine. Big wink from big Lucas wink. there. Big wink from Lucas. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's the noise of me winking. <laughs> that sounds odd. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, Anyway, what do you do if it's the mid-80s and you're fucking bored out of your mind in Blackwood with your three mates? It's got to be a way of getting aggression out, right? Especially to try and... I mean, I guess they're going to be listening to a lot of punk music. Not yet. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Right, okay. Here's, here's what they decide to do, which again, I think, comes out through the rest of their career, is they turned inwards. So rather than expressing themselves <coughs> outwardly, they would spend all of their time in their bedrooms together reading books. Oh, um, not what they, I expected you to say. They wanted to become the cleverest sort of people. And I think that they wanted to kind of stand apart from... There's this interesting dichotomy, and I think that word's going to come up a lot because it's one of my favourites. Excuse me. Um, in the world of Manic Street Preachers... Googling. Hold on. Okay. D-I-C-H. No, no, what? D-I-C-H. No, I think he's Googling the word word. Oh, W E R D. I put in D I. <laughs> I put in D I. Lucas, for the people at home, can you just read out what it came up with when I put D I in? Why is this? Do you search <laughs> this regularly? What did Dicks it say? Fuck assholes speech. So that's what came up. Which I guess is referring Di- to the. What did you say? Doc, di- to the speech di- from di- the groundbreaking Team America yeah, 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 yeah. colon World Police. <laughs> yeah. What the hell was I saying? You were talking about... Uh, There's an interesting dichotomy in the world of Manistry Preachers, which is this kind of idea of wanting to stand apart from the working class, but also seeing themselves as very working class and being a part of that world, that kind of class solidarity versus the sort of intellectual snobbery. And I think you can feel that in a a lot of their, their work. Just reading up on, sorry to interject, just no, reading no, up on the lyrics, you, when you listen to it, you maybe in the later albums when you can hear what they're talking about a bit, but um, 
it's got obviously a good tune to it. It's got a hook and blah, blah, blah. When you look at the lyrics, it's like reading poetry mm. in terms of yeah. it doesn't look like that should translate into a song. And I would say that some of the songs, it doesn't really work. I'm trying to... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what Absolutely. I mean? Like It's like he's really forced the lyrics into it. But yeah. I quite like that, that you can then... What Lucas doesn't do, go back and you read it. And yeah. it does look like a, a good bit of writing. And I think the fact that they sat and read books and wanted to become... I think that does come through. Well, this is the other thing with... with um with Monetary Preachers that I always found quite interesting and um, it's, it's actually quite difficult to do is that with most bands, they will write a piece of music and then write the lyrics and the melody to that music. And the Manics always start with lyrics. And then write the music around that. Nicky and Richie either collaborate or one of them will hand a lyric sheet to James and he will go away and write a song around that lyric. Okay. So, but will they will they give him a tune or anything, or no. they've just written lyrics and he'll try and fit that around? When they started the band, and we're going to come on to this in a bit. When okay. they started the band, neither Nicky or Richie could really play an instrument. Okay, so there, there was no music for them to offer him. Really, um, James kind of like you said, it comes across as though he had to force those lyrics into a melody because he did. Right, you know, though, though some of those lyrics read more like political manifestos yeah. or. Um, something like that than they do like something that should be sung. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's exactly <laughs> so I think, what I was I think, trying to... I think yeah. you're absolutely right. Like, um, they they come from... They're, they're sort of... They were a lot more... Their lyrics are just... They're talking about something completely different than any other band was sort of at yeah. that moment. And I think it's because they used to just, you know, when they were 15, 16, sit around in their bedrooms and read loads of yeah. books. So interestingly... Um, the context has made me appreciate this EP that we're going to listen to in a Interesting. Okay. A has lot it more. Though, because you can't make out those lyrics. No, but as a bit of artistry, as a complete piece, now it means something a bit more than here's a bit of clash sounding punk yeah. rock. I know and, yeah, anyway. I, I know exactly what you mean. Like okay, the song on the face of it, the the text as it were especially for New Art Riot. I mean, we'll come on to this, but maybe it doesn't communicate its message very clearly. But delving deeper, you know, and reading, doing something like reading the lyrics apart from the music or along with the music does give you that. And it does help sure. you to appreciate sort of like that, the, the, the message of the music a little bit more. Hmm. Do either of you read poetry ever? That's an interesting... I don't sit... Uh, occasionally, a bit of poetry will come up that someone's posted or something on social media or someone has talked about and it will grab me. Well, you've, you've also written a book of poetry, haven't you? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's... Um, limericks. It, but the, the it's, thing, the yeah, thing yeah, is... Yeah, it's limericks. It's... it's uh, He's never read it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've never read it. I've written it. Uh, <laughs> and it, it's, it's limericks. But he has no idea what it's about. No, no, no. Uh, it, I don't know what it's about, but I'm aware it exists... Um, and I've locked it away in a vault that's protected by these glowing runes. So, take away from that. But if it's the context behind the glowing runes that gives the... What the fuck am I <laughs> And what they used to do when they sat around in their bedroom... Sure, yeah, I don't yeah, understand yeah. this bit. No. <laughs> and there's the catchphrase. Yeah, here we go. Um, to lean right in for that. When, when, they, uh, when they would sit around, they would also kind of like watch old films, listen to music, read poetry. Um, and they would... The, the big thing that they had was like almost this insanely diplomatic view that all art was equal. 
and discussed with equal seriousness. Okay. So if it was a carry-on film, you had to evaluate that piece of art as seriously as you did uh, a poem by... A soldier in the a, trenches. A famous poet. Is T.S. Eliot a poet? Well, that answers my question about do you ever read poetry? No, yeah, not really. No. No. Um, I have a favourite poem. Do okay. we need to hear it? Nope. Okay, now go on. Read us your favourite oh, poem. No, you carry on. Does it start with the line, I froze your tears and made a dagger? <laughs> and stabbed it in my cock. What is it? What's the word? Let's not do the no, whole poem. The the no, no, I'll, I'll, I'll find it. And if it's... The Office podcast didn't work, so... We, uh, we Different Office. Right? Are you going to try and segue this into an Office podcast? Nah, it failed already. Oh, also, mine was about the American Office and that bits from the uh, British one. That's true. Um, I do know every line to that poem, though, and I once went to a pub quiz hosted by Big Keith from The Office, and you had to, one of the questions was to know the name of that poem, and I wrote it down, and then I wrote, please turn over, next to it, and on the back of the piece of paper, I wrote the entire poem in the hopes that I'd get more points. Did you? Nope. Well, that was a waste of your time then, yep. wasn't it? Don't think he even turned it over. Don't think he even marked them. I'm pretty sure he had, like, a lackey. Okay. When they... Uh, wait, hang on. Yeah. The, Big Keith was not marking the trivia quiz thing. Of course he wasn't. He might have been. Don't think he was, though. No, I don't think he was. Um, when they were discussing all art with equal seriousness... I did find the poem, and I realised it would be pretentious as shit to read it out loud, so... Oh, you found the poem? Yeah, yeah, Oh, so when they were in uh, their bedroom, uh, you know, discussing art, they would do this with a few of uh, their other friends, and they uh, <laughs> they uh, they referred to themselves as the Blue Collective. Uh, mm. Why? Uh, it's like an art collective, you know, like sure. people, you know, like sure, yeah, sure, sure, kind of. Uh, it's a very French sort uh-huh. of philosophical thing yeah, to do, yeah, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Was that ever the name of the band? No. Are we gonna, oh. No, it wasn't. But I think that also shows, like, kind of wanting to break out of small town sort of vibe, you know? I've only just put together what their band name is in my head. Like, manic like street the centres. Preachers. Like, they're, like, manic street preachers. Like, yeah? yeah. Like, people who oh. preach on the street, like, manic. Yeah, 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 yeah. That. Yeah. No, yep. Never put that together. What did you think it was? Ah, oh, just four Some words. Some words. Just so four words. It's three words. It's three words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I just never... I think that's a really good example of how you look at sort of... I will say... Stuff like that. Same, but ten years ago, I realised yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. I'd get it. We'll come on to it. Sure. Um, uh, that's more just me being stupid. No, I think that's how you don't look for deeper meaning in things. Maybe. You just hear some words together and it doesn't matter what they mean. Yeah. Cool. Maybe. Maybe. Robot Man. Um, They would (laughs) kind of like write verse and plays together, which is, I think we can all agree, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. yeah. And they also started experimenting with makeup. I mean, you know, we've got the big book uh, of photos here. You can see that uh, their eyeliner is is on point. Um, But of course, they're uh, doing this in a mining town in South yeah. Wales. Um, so they're walking around with like, you know, tight little leopard print coats on and their hair very nicely coiffured, I suppose you would say. And Would you? 
Yeah, I would. Okay. I would and I have. Okay. Um, and their eyeliner and their eyeshadow. So, of course, uh, they were shouted at in the street. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think uh, Nikki got uh, beaten up for wearing a Kylie Minogue t-shirt. Right. That's the kind of environment that uh, they were dealing with at the time. I actually do have a quote, which I think I think this is very interesting and telling, this quote. And again, we'll add good context. Um this Adam pointed at said. each of us when he said that. I, yeah. It, it didn't actually clicked at me and pointed at you. Interesting. This is what Nikki said. Uh, sure. I didn't look at those people and think worthless scum. If they've been working in a factory all week, then they've got every right to get smashed out of their brains and take the piss out of my haircut. Yeah, so that is, again, kind of this dichotomy. You might want to Google it again just in case you've forgotten. Yeah. Um, class solidarity, solidarity versus elitism. Sure. This kind of idea he of like standing apart. Where but, they're coming from. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Completely understood where they're coming but from. But wanted to to stand apart. To from stand it. apart from them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, this is kind of like the first sort of bit of the idea that Nicky Wire loves to be hated, which okay. becomes a much bigger part of their career when he starts saying outrageous things on stage for no reason. Right. Uh, okay. um, <laughs> I can't wait to get to that. J- just to anger people. But we'll, like I said, you know, we're getting ahead of ourselves. A little bit there. Um, they would emulate the uh, the Paris cafe culture. Are you familiar with the Paris cafe culture? Do you go on of sort of like the late sixties. So um, you know they would the, the cafe culture is kind of sitting around sipping coffee right for a long time, talking about philosophy, and art. smoking. Yeah. You know, really putting the world to rights, talking about existentialism stuff like that. So they would sit in a greasy spoon dressed in Kylie Minogue t-shirts and leopard print coats with eyeliner on uh, and like reading the communist manifesto sure. and smoking yeah, in, in, yeah. in the greasy spoon yeah, yeah. in uh, in Blackwood, which, I mean, they must have looked like a real bunch of wankers. Yeah. Um, I mean... And Friday nights were spent discussing politics and philosophy. And that was what they kind of did with their time. But it's admirable, right? Like, that they didn't give a fuck that they're clearly going to... Yeah. But I guess that and that's feeds what into I what mean. they wanted, that they wanted a reaction? Uh, kind or, of. But also that's what I mean when I say they, you know, started turning inward. Sure. You know, they didn't express that They were just towards... Their very it wasn't own aimed at other people. They were like their own little gang, and it yeah. was kind of them standing apart from the rest of the world. Yeah. And I think that that is kind of their, a lot of their early career anyway. Yeah. It's like they're a little gang and it's them versus everyone. And I think uh, at that point is when they kind of discovered uh, the situationists. You know, heard of the that situationists? That means nothing to me. Oh, hold. Yes. A philosophical uh, movement against capitalism. It's, some, it's something that came up when I was, and I was going to write about it and I didn't, but when I was um, looking at the history around New Art Riot, and that's where the art uh, the title comes from, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I know, that's all I know about it. I didn't look into it. Okay, it'll come up more on Generation Terrorist because okay. I think that's the album that fits the model more. Right. I figured it was a band. I mean, it does sound like a good name for a band. Mm. The Situationists. Yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> Thanks for your input. Yeah, Lucas. cheers, Lucas. Um, <laughs> the pleb starts to show his <laughs> colours. <laughs> uh, around that time, James uh, saw a documentary about punk. And uh, was introduced to the Clash, so he and Nicky went busking uh, with Nicky on guitar at this point, rather than bass. Okay, um, which he can't play. He can just about play like some some chords, like chords okay. on, on like power chords right. on guitar. I think hit me. Um, 
<laughs> and they were very angry buskers. I think you can probably see where this is going. Um, they would uh, chastise anyone who threw money at them. <laughs> so if someone like chucked a quid at them, they'd tell them to fuck off. Right. <laughs> because they were just trying to get the message across rather than do it for any kind of like yeah. money. They wouldn't, sure. do, you know, they do clash covers and, and stuff like that. Um, and then they started being referred to as the situationists. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> The manic, the manic, manic creatures. creatures. Yeah. I yeah. get it. So the band. I'm glad really... I got it before you told me that. Yeah, I'm glad yeah. I like just before finally got the band name. So the band didn't exist yet, but the name kind of did. Sure. Um, and at that point, it, it actually like the band is still kind of not even really an idea at that moment. Uh, Nikki and Richie go to uni. Um, Richie. Uh, there's the start of some kind of worrying behaviour starting to creep in. He starts drinking neat vodka to help him sleep. He lives with Nikki when they're both at Cardiff University. Sean becomes a civil servant. And uh, James went on the doll and did cash-in-hand bar work. And he'd send some of that money to Nikki, who had a gambling debt, because they are also big mates. Yeah? <laughs> Just like us. <laughs> Just like some big fucking mates. Just big fucking mates, aren't they? Yeah. Um... I'd never you do realise money. that the big mates bit was from a take of the intro that we deleted. I don't. Oh. So there's no context to that. Oh, but I'll put it oof. at the end because I think context, <laughs> context will improve that joke. Uh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, oh, yeah. When James wasn't working at the bar, he would spend the day with the curtains drawn in his living room, learning all of Appetite for Destruction by Guns N' Roses by ear. Okay. So he didn't have like. You know, if I want to learn a song, I'll get the tabs up from the internet. And he just sat there with his guitar. All parts? Yeah. Wow. Just learning it, like, again and again and again. And that's actually mirrored. I mean, you'll see that later in uh, their kind of studio ethic, which is what they do. They just hole up in a place with no outside distractions and just record. Wow. Like, super focused. Um, the band is formed in 1988. Um Take me through the members of that band, Lucas. Let me see if we're, if you're paying attention. Nikki. Yep. Someone. Nikki something. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't, don't worry about second names. Unbelievable. We, we, um, we, unbelievable. We talked like, about this. <laughs> of so any of the names. I've got Nikki. Yep. yep. Nothing comes up that reminds you. Chris. Like a really funny joke anyone might have done. Anyone did a really oh, funny joke? Uh, yeah. Sean Moore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's Something. on the drums. How many? Three. Four. I don't know how many drums he had. Four. Fuck's <laughs> uh, Sean Moore. Nicky. James. Yeah. Don't know the other two. The other two. Oh, that's, that would make five. This is amazing. Oh, Nicky and James. Okay, not Nicky James. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so when Adam mouths to you, James. James. <laughs> I thought you were saying Nicky James. Great. Jesus. All right. So yeah, Adam who, is who, uh, who helping me along. Band? Who are the members of the band? James Dean Bradfield on vocals and guitar. Richie Edwards on. No. Sorry? <clears throat> oh, it was a trick question. Richie's not in the band when they form. I Okay, I didn't know we were doing there this. There you now. go. That's why I was saying three. There's three. I there knew that. But there's not. There's four. There is another. There's a guy yeah, called yeah. Flicker. Oh, yeah. who is on the bass because Nicky at this point is still on rhythm guitar okay uh, Flicker is like a proper punk 
he's got like the mohawk and the studded leather jacket and stuff you can see him in a few early photos um and they released uh, a single which i haven't actually even bothered to send to you guys uh called suicide alley shocking in, in a shocking title june 1988 which was self-financed and the artwork is a photo of the three of them flickers not in the photo for some reason sure that photo was taken by Richie, who was kind of like their PR person. Uh, they were already kind of um, paying as much attention to their visuals as they were their music. So they were kind of already starting to do the T-shirts with spray-painted, stenciled logos on, which... Um, which we did. Yeah, we, we did. Went to, yeah, we went to see the Manics and we spray-painted song... Song titles Song or titles slogans onto think, yeah. onto t-shirts, and we went along to the gig, and I got that signed by James C. Bradfield. Yeah, can you remember what uh, what your t-shirt? Mine said? was rendition. Did it say rendition? Was yeah. it with a backwards R? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yes, that's you, cool, isn't you, it, Lucas? Yeah. <laughs> that yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is James C. Bradfield's uh, response to it. He looked at it, and went. Huh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then you went. You didn't play it, and he went. Uh. Yeah. And then he, yeah, <laughs> and that was about it. Yep, he was probably less uh, impressed with having to like sign your sweaty back than he, like. I'd... I think it was my tit. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, you were Sorry. wearing the t-shirt at your the sweaty time. T- yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You wear them to the gigs. Is this like a thing? This is it's a thing. Yeah, like if you go to they, a man, if you go to a manic's gig, twenty percent of the people there will be wearing a people will dress t-shirt. up. Yeah, and they'll dress up in leopard print and feather boas and stuff it's like, like that. Rocky Horror Picture Show. It kind of a is. Bit. Yeah, it's like a weird little cult. A what? Uh, Don't a call weird... the listeners weird. <laughs> oh, I thought you called Lucas a weird little... C- it... What? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, good one. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like me to derail your train of thought. <laughs> anyway, they're in McDonald's. It's Christmas 1988. Okay, I'm there. <laughs> Paint me a picture. James and uh, Richie are beaten up by 15 lads. Fifteen. Fifteen, apparently. Okay. This Has is that been story. embellished by them? I think it might have been yeah. It was three 15-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or 15 three-year-olds. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, and James's jaw gets broken. Okay. So the band is essentially defunct for a little bit, for about six months while it heals. After six months, they do, you know, local gigs. And these local gigs are, as I'm sure you were uh, surprised to find out when we talked about it earlier, Lucas, they were aggressive and raucous. Um, and bottles were thrown, and fights were had. Were the between... bottles thrown by the members of the band? No. Well, I think they were they were thrown by the audience at the band. Uh, maybe a couple were thrown back. Yeah. I was going to say, they probably returned fire. So yeah. why, why so much? Because they were deliberately pissing people off? Yes. Okay. And because, you know, when, 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 when you play a local gig in Blackwood in 1988, sure. people aren't coming out to see... Manic Street Preachers. Yeah. You know, that there, there is a local rugby club. Yeah. And they're the band that are put on. And people weren't really in the mood for an aggressive <laughs> Clash-esque punk band on a Friday night. No, sure. So they started hurling abuse and bottles at them. Um, Flicker is then kicked out of the band for apparently being too aggressive. Yeah, right. Okay. Which, Where's he now? Uh, do you know what? I don't know. If, if either of you can find out, I'd love to have him on the podcast. Yeah, I'm gonna pull out my phone. That and, would be. Uh, you're gonna, you're gonna yeah. see if you give, give, him, a, no, give him a ring. Flicker. 
Um, and Richie was kind of already driving the band around and uh, sending letters to journalists saying, this is the best band in the world and you should be covering them. And he would, you know, write these letters like, personalized letters and put postcards and stickers and stuff on them so he's working as like their little pr person anyway um and so james teaches him some power chords on the guitar and he joins the band join the band yeah so nicky moves over to bass right uh richie's on rhythm guitar there we go james is on lead guitar and vocals and the drums are sean Moore. <laughs> um what it's just the way you said it <laughs> I think there might be something in there. Oh, I see what you mean. Sean Moore. Uh, uh, hang on. Uh, yeah. There's probably something... We'll come to it. We'll work it out. Yeah, we'll I work think it, it will come later on. I mean, I did the definitive... Sean Moore. 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 We'll figure something out. <laughs> I don't get this bit. <laughs> <laughs> They moved to London in September 1989. They had their first gig at the Horse and Groom. Uh, at this point, Richie is uh, self-harming and he weighed six stone. And I am one month old. What now? <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> wow, you've got... Yeah, I've got a growth defect. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I've rapidly... You learnt language quickly. Real quick, right? Yeah. yeah. That's mad. Crack well, I didn't know the word dichotomy. I'm I'm a month old. Yeah, Come on, give me a chance. One month old. I'm one month old. I'm sat, not that impressed. I'm a one month old, dressed in leopard print, sat opposite you. Culture slut written on his forehead. Yeah, it's going to get weird now, isn't Something it? Something carved into his chest backwards. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, in early 1990, there is a handshake deal with uh, the record label Damage Goods, and uh, um. It's the result of this. I'm handing out copies of oh. New Art Riot He's by got Manic two of Street them. Preachers. He's I got, got two. two of them. I don't know why. Um, they are different repressings sure. of uh, of it. Uh, it was originally released on 12-inch vinyl. Uh, it was recorded in two days, and I have written here on my notes, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> is this the flag of the European Union? It is, yes. Topical. Yeah, I know. Very prescient, isn't it? Good one. Released on... I like how you had to look at a big blue background with a circle of gold stars and ask, is that the flag of the European Union? <laughs> uh, one thing I find interesting, Adam, is do you always have your CDs in disc cases this way around? That's how it came. It's so you could see the, the reviews that they have printed. That's how all CD singles were, printed, uh, were, were packaged. I prefer Lucas's one. Do you? This annoying board around the artwork. Yeah. It's not working on Mike. So no, it's, it's not just, really. It's an entirely visual bit. Oh, do you yeah. want to swap? Do you swap no, the no, identical no, no, albums? No. Okay, Rick, carry on. Um, <laughs> Sorry. So yeah, like I say, uh, originally released on twelve-inch vinyl, limited to one thousand. Uh, it came in at the charts at the hefty number of one hundred and thirty-six. Sure. So what? This was nineteen ninety. This was released, right? Yes. So CDs weren't really a thing. Not really, no. That, that those are both repressings. Yeah. I don't have. That's interesting. I don't have. How a, much do you reckon one of those original vinyls is worth now? I don't know. Some money. At, even at the time, though, they were worth quite a bit of money. They um, uh, they were changing hands for quite a lot when when the band blew up after. Okay, sure. Um, yeah, after they kind of became famous. Yeah, uh, it, and you haven't considered trying to buy one. I've considered it, yeah, but honestly, they don't come up that often. I think there's probably a couple available on Discogs, but, um, you know, I, I live in Brighton, and uh, um, 
I simply cannot afford vinyl at this stage. No. Not rare vinyl, anyway. Maybe I'll have a look when I get home. Maybe I'll <laughs> yeah, have yeah. a look. You've talked him around, Lucas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Production, uh, such as there was any, was done by Robin Wynn Evans. Um, let's get into it. Okay. It's not very good, is it? Ooh. Ooh. Okay, so you are just blanket. It's not very good. But, oh, I had no context when I wrote that down. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's what we're here for. But, you know, just objectively speaking as a bit of text yeah not the subtext it's just sort of a messy badly produced ep that sounds like most other sort of garage rock bands do you want my general thoughts I've but that's here? maybe yeah. in 1990 that it wasn't well but it, was, it was obviously cheap to me it just sounds like anything uh, if you said oh, i was my mate's band i saw them at joiners last week yeah i'd go yeah the joiners being a local Club in Southampton. I think most people played. know where the joiners. Do you think the so? joiners is? Yeah. I, okay. Oh yeah. The, jo- the joiners is quite a famous venue. A lot of big bands played there, but well, including they- all three of us at one point or another. Yeah. It's, uh, but never together. Never together. Never together. Ah. Uh, no, we played together there. Yes. No, we didn't. That was mm. the railway in Winchester. Doesn't matter. This is my general thoughts. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> um, Thanks for your general thoughts. No, I like Steve. I like the raw feeling. Like it's clearly a punk album, and they didn't want to go into this, so it's got a very loose feel around it. Yeah. And um, honestly, probably before delving into it, that was obviously their choice. They didn't want to produce anything that sounded good because of what you've just told me, right? Agree. I don't think that this is a mistake. This is them putting out a message of we don't give a fuck. I think so, and it's it's you know, it's kind of not very well produced sort of deliberately i think i mean you can hear every part of the song it's not like everything the is, lyrics yeah no, you, you can, can hear the you lyrics can hear you can them. hear the words you just don't know what they're do you know what i mean you can, I hear, mean, you can hear that he is speak he, yeah. he is singing yeah there you go yeah uh but wouldn't but that on. wouldn't that play towards your point of uh, the vocals just being another instrument oh, one nil <laughs> okay who's keeping score yeah 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 no no, no. it's always nil. it's either one nil or it's one nil to the other person oh there isn't a score I would like to keep score oh, thank you fine. Steve for writing that down uh, it's worth worth noting though I've never really been into like messy punk music sure so it's just not my jam I yeah. think that the obvious comparison is there something there I think that the obvious <laughs> comparison um, is the clash is that 100% they are just emulating the class who i've never really been that into right i mean some of their lyrics are pretty indecipherable um even on sort of like their their later albums i you know it is a choice um it's kind of i think what they were going for was a uh what james refers to as a produced trashiness and i think they ended up with just trashiness and i think the produced trashiness is what they end up with on generation terrorists Mm. yeah um Interesting thing about this is that James played everything except the drums. Um, oh, okay. The drums were Sean Moore, and uh, James so I can't played tell seriously anymore. What do you mean? Something. Sean Moore. The drums were Sean Moore. Yeah, when you say yeah, the drums yeah. were Sean Moore, I'm now picturing the shearing of a sheep. I don't. I don't know what you're talking oh. about. Oh, maybe it's something around shearing a sheep. Ooh, Sean Moore. Yeah. Sean. We'll figure it out. Sean. Um, so he played the bass. Sean the sheep. Yep, something about that. Yeah, 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 Because there's a sheep called Sean the Sheep, isn't he? Mm. He's a beloved children's character. Fantastic. And if you're just joining us, you're listening to the world's only dedicated Monday <laughs> Creatures podcast. 
slash Ardman animation. <laughs> so he played he so James so he played the uh, the bass and both guitar parts <coughs> and the vocals. Obviously, Sean did the drums. Um, Richie and Nicky are only present in kind of um, their lyrics. Sure. Um, should we should we get into it? Should we uh, should we go track by track? Yeah. Let's start with a little bit of uh, the title track, New Art Riot. So that's a bit of uh, that's a bit of new art, riot. So straight away, like the intro is out of time, is it? Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> just where he comes in with drums, and I really like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, because yeah. as a bad drummer, <laughs> you can no. you can really relate. No, it's not. You're yeah. not a bad drummer. Oh, cheers, mate. You're a terrible, terrible drummer. Oh, here we go. <laughs> uh, could either of you make out a single word? Only no, because the I know that we just heard. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I, you know what you're listening for. I yeah. don't. I don't know. Genuinely not I, a single word could I actually decipher there. Apart from that it's loose and punk rock, I haven't got a lot of notes about this EP. Mm. So I went into the lyrics to find something to talk about. Okay. Uh, it, politics, isn't it? That's a, that's a very astute observation. Yeah. It's definitely about politics. Um, <laughs> I tell you what, Lucas, look up the lyrics now. I'm going to read one. Okay. Good thing I've got an iPad in front of me and I didn't do my notes on a piece of paper. More specifically about politicians, right? Yeah. Um, old men greying to a dying country's needs, waiting for a knighthood to kill their hours. Yes. Now, that's exactly what I have written down. That, yeah. that comes just after the uh, line, which is the first line, vintage aromas and vintage ideals. Yeah. Yeah. So straight away, just reading that out, I would never, whenever I've written music... I will write it to an idea of it being a song. And that to me is just, is poetry. Yeah. It's not right. Yeah. It doesn't look like it's intended to be sung at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, th- th- what I would say about this song and this uh, EP in general is it's already very Mannix and you might not have the context for that yet, but this is already quite a quintessential Manic Street Preachers sound for me. It's relatively simple in terms of structure and in terms of like chords that they're using and ideas that they're using, but it's so full of melody. Like even the opening sort of few bars, you have that lead guitar part, um, which again, because of the production choices, you can only just about hear over the rhythm guitar part. It's but got it's, a hook. It's so melodic. Na, 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 na. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, Lucas is reading the lyrics right now. He has a um, very suspicious face. They still him. play New Art Riot. No, I think they're right, actually. No, they don't? No. What do, they, do they play anything? They play this? Motown Junk. Right. Which okay. I think is, is what you're Generation Terrorist, isn't it, technically? Uh, no, it's the single before. But on the... On the Legacy Edition of the Remastered yeah, Generation Terrorist. Yeah, on Terrorists, Spotify it shows up as being part end. of Generation Terrorist. Yeah, but Terrorists. this is why I made you a playlist. It sounds the right so order. little like this EP Motown Junk. We'll get to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Disagree. Okay. 
I think production wise. Yeah. But I think ideas and message wise, it, it's actually fairly similar. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll get to that, I guess. Yeah. There's loads of stuff in there. There's stuff about sort of car bombs, you know, referencing the IRA at the time. And there's Hospital stuff about. closures kill more than car bombs ever will. Yep, there you go. I think but there's it stuff about. It saves money because people are expendable. Yeah. Doesn't sound like a lyric, does it? No, just like he's telling you something. <laughs> but what uh, what I think he does with the melody is. Uh, is is quite interesting. I'm going to play it again, and you um, and we'll have the lyrics now. So the opening line is "Vintage aromas and vintage ideals." Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So listen, listen to what he does. Okay. So when you know the words, also I got the lyric wrong when I read it out. Did you? Yeah. It's to while away the hours, not kill the hours. So yeah, I think yeah. Um, the the next line is about killing your betters. I think right, that's okay. where you uh, got confused. See, now I know those lyrics. I can hear that. You can hear that. It. Sounds but so that's, stupid. But that's yeah. But what he does with um, in terms of uh, kind of spacing out the syllables so that they fit a melody is quite to interesting. To while away the hour, it like yeah. he's really trying, really to focused fit on that. getting that whole thing into yeah. a melody. Yeah, because he didn't like, write it as a song. He wrote a poem well the, the, I mean the interesting thing is I, I don't know how often this happens in other bands uh, but I've you know other bands I like it doesn't happen very often like like in Radiohead you kind of see Tom York as the songwriter you know he writes the the main kind of song and he writes the lyrics and the music at the same time yeah. and what we have in Manor Street Preachers is, is, is a division of that and the person who wrote the lyrics there's a few exceptions but the person who wrote the lyrics is not the person writing the music at this mm-hmm. point so it's and I, th- I think that's interesting because, like you say, like it's not, it's not written to be sung. Well, in the same way, you think of the lead singer as the front man. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. physically he is, but you would think he's, he's the at person the front. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but the person who's got all the attention, yeah. uh, 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 the people rather, are Nicky and Richie, who are the ones who are kind of more yeah. dolled up and glamorous. Like, and I imagine when there was interviews, it wouldn't be James Stewart Bradfield taking lead. Very rarely, yeah. yeah they'd, want, they'd want to talk to Richie and, and Nicky. Sure. They were kind of the mouthpiece of the band, mm-hmm. if you like. Yeah, very much like that. Front and I do run. like. You do like, don't you? Uh, yeah, sometimes. Mm. Mm. So like I say, I, quintessential Manics for me. Uh, I, I find the lyrics to be very kind of uh, collage-like. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not focused on one political aspect. It's kind of looking at, the whole spectrum of politics at the time. Like I say, like it goes everywhere from car bombs to like the rave culture when it mentions drugs and things sure. like that. Um, it's, but you know, like all of these complex ideas are wrapped up in really simple songs. And it's what I really like about the Manic Street Preachers is that they make pop music essentially, but with these very complicated ideas behind the lyrics and it feels like they're infiltrating and it feels subversive. And when you listen to, um, if you tolerate this, your children will be next, you know, big, huge song, massive chorus. And it's um, kind of inspired by the Spanish civil war. I also think a lot of people will shout those lyrics out when they hear it, but they don't actually think all that that they're singing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. It's pretty fucking dark, but yeah. that's me. That's yeah. me with music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'll sing the lyrics and I won't actually put together what they are. Yeah. Unless they're 
pretty fucking on the nose. Right. Sure. And so if I tell you that... Um, I'm an idiot. And, and if I huh? tell you that... <laughs> if I tell you that If You Tolerate This, Your Children Will Be Next is inspired by the Spanish Civil War and holds a mirror up to those events and the way they were kind of being recreated um, in modern day politics, do you think that will change how you listen to it the next time? Yeah, because now I'll be listening for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I bet you enjoy it slightly more. We'll see. That's when we my, get to album that's number... Wage. Uh, five. Oh. <laughs> Should we go to the next one? Uh, yeah, let's um, let's have a little talk about... Uh... Dying. Sorry? What? Yep. Okay, hang on. Because we do need to... Um, this is only the first episode, but we do actually need to rein you in a little bit. Um, <laughs> what, what was it you were trying? Because huh? as far as I can work out, you said the title of the next song, Strip It Down. Yep. And you said it in yeah. uh, a, quite a poor, stereotypical Northern Irish accent. Yeah. And, and when you say you were trying something, <laughs> what is it you were trying, Oh, I was Steve? trying to offend as many groups as possible. Is it working? It's working. It's, you're offending two, one, this group yeah, 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 of, yeah, of yeah, yeah. people doing this podcast. Sure. No, but really, sure. Steve, when you say you were trying something, yeah, 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 what yeah, was yeah. it you were trying? Sorry? I don't... What? I was trying... I feel like now a, he's going to... A great big fucking mate. He's going to like go in on himself and he's not going <laughs> to... Oh no, mate! He's going to curl up in a little yeah. ball. We're oh, going to lose no, no. the man that you was Steve. Steve's, Steve's mo is to go yeah, bigger yeah, at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm on self-destruct <laughs> mode now. Uh, the next song is called "Strip It Down." Um, let's hear a little bit of that before we uh, really dig in. Let's strip it down. And I think, again, like, it may be even more so than the last one. That is, like, a really clear, like, uh, example of how much melody is in these songs. Like, those lead guitar parts are quite cool. Also, this is just the clash. Yeah. Uh, to the ending of the song is the ending to I Fought the Law. Is it? Yeah. I didn't actually catch that similarity. The last the last minute of this song is, like, instrumental, isn't it? No, uh, yeah. But I mean, literally, the da 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 at the end is exactly oh, the same. Oh, yeah. So, um... Yeah, um, I, I haven't got much to say about it. I mean, they, yeah, I like they, it. They've I, always worn their influences on their sleeve. I think. Yeah, sure. I um, like this one most. Interesting. On this EP. Yeah, I think that this is this is actually probably the most fun on the EP. Again, I I, I don't know what he's saying. I had the lyrics up, but it turns out I had the lyrics up to a different strip it down by a different artist. <laughs> Brilliant. So you who were very confused. Who was the artist? Yeah. Uh, Let's strip it down. It was Luke. Brian, sure. Can read those lyrics for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is important, is it? Yeah. To Luke Ryan, strip it down. Uh, let it fade to black. Let oh. me run my fingers down your back. It's a different type of let's song. Let's whisper. Let's don't talk. <laughs> what? <laughs> let's don't talk. Let's don't talk. Baby, <laughs> leave my t-shirt in the hall. It's a similar. It's a similar vibe. ideals, isn't There's it? There's a lot of politics wrapped up in. What's let's his name? Don't talk. Uh, I've already, I've already closed the page. Yeah, he's gone. Jack Ryan? Luke Ryan. <laughs> no, Jack Ryan is that Tom Clancy character. Yeah, yeah. Shadow Recruit. 
<laughs> wow. There we go. Uh, I thought, I mean, uh, I mean, you mentioned the, uh, it sounded like The Clash, which kind of predates who I was going to say it sounds like. But cool. you can still... Which was just it. like, sort of, you, when you say about your mid-2000s indie sort mm-hmm. of thing, which yeah. like, it sounds like a Strokes riff. It does, yeah. Yeah. Which I like. That's probably why I like it. Yeah, it's got that kind of spiky sort of uh, sort of edge to it, doesn't it? Yes. And there's that... There's that <laughs> and... <laughs> wow, good chat. Good yeah, chat. Yeah. Um, there's, that, there's that great sort of like palm muting stuff on the guitar later yeah. on in the song that's, that's really cool as well, that staccato kind of... Kind of Adam's song. miming palm muting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, Which, yeah, yeah. But not really. Like, I, don't know I got it though. Is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, honestly, there's not loads to say about this EP. Um, other than that, I find it to be sort of quite fun. Um, it's fun. I wouldn't put it on. Yeah, I wrote I wouldn't that. just put it on. I wrote, I won't go back and listen to this by choice outside of this podcast. But I'm glad, I, I yeah, same, yeah. but I'm glad I did listen to it. The, the, the only reason that I ever listened to it um, outside of the work we've been doing here is, is to remind myself that this is what it used to sound like. And it's also important to say that Adam said work we're doing here because we're not enjoying <laughs> we're this. We're doing important work. Yeah. <laughs> this no. is a real, uh, this is my calling. Yeah. 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 London. Was this supposed to be fun? London calling. Um, so, I think I think originally guys? it was supposed to be fun. It seems like you're ignoring. <gasps> we've missed that mark. That went my out the window long ago. Yeah. Seems like you're ignoring the uh, joke Last exit on yesterday. Yeah, joke there about London calling. <laughs> It seems that, like you cut me off when I was trying to do it. There's that lead guitar again. They're like just so full of melody, these songs. I know I've said that a lot, but I, like, I do find it quite impressive. I um, um, I did go into the lyrics on this, which I, I can't remember, but I've written a note here that says, drugs though. Mm, mm. So I imagine... Any, any expansion on that? No, I can't re- Can you get the lyrics up? Give me 10 minutes. Okay. I, ten minutes. I wrote down that I made it. out to... Lyrics in this song. Oh, I thought they? you were going to say you made out with someone. The word this. lover yeah. is present, as is maybe, I put maybe next to it, pretty face. Okay. Why don't you... Um, why don't Bring you... up the lyrics and see if... I'm... Wait, what's the song called again? Last Exit on Yesterday. But that melody guitar part over the top, if that's the right way of putting about it, is that same thing you're talking about. It's just full of... It's vibrant. Yeah. I yes, think is the right it way is. to put it's, this. It's vibrant and fun and catchy. Yeah, I I actually find myself humming the title track "New Art Riot" like yeah, quite a lot, and I found myself doing this. Yeah, not yeah. like that, but like that though. <laughs> more like that. Yeah, no, genuinely. Um, and I could Sean more like that. Yeah. Oh hell. Oh, we'll figure it out. Adam getting... dropped the mic. We, and we had getting... to cut that out because it's so <laughs> loud. Um, we're getting there. We're we're, we'll we'll yeah, really yeah. refine it. Uh, Lover. And pretty face are both present. Well there done, mate. And when you when you heard those lyrics, that's <laughs> those Luke, two I'd, words. I'd like to point out that that was Lucas clapping himself. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. 
which we've allowed him to do because he's the only one who's not holding his mic and has a stand. Oh yeah, that's true. We've given him gone the means handheld. to apply. Well, you're, you're at my house, when so I get preferential treatment. <laughs> when you when you uh, heard those lyrics, um, "Pretty Face" and "Love the Word Lover," what did that evoke for you? Oh, yay, I heard some lyrics. <laughs> okay, so again, a very technical <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, observation. Lucas D. Robotman. Yeah, like, there's just... Am just... I a robot man? I always thought I was a bit not You're a robot. You're dripping oil? I, 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 just, I just asked you about some lyrics you've heard, and your response was, I heard those <laughs> lyrics. <laughs> He's not wrong. Yeah, but he, he, it was he, also he, not really lyrics. I heard... Three words, not even sequentially. Right. Sure. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I'll let sure. Um, no, it's not that one. I mean, <laughs> I will listen. I will read the lyrics for the next batch of albums. Yeah. Again, because yeah. I'm being forced to, but also so that I don't look like so much of an idiot. You don't look like an idiot. It's. I fine. think you look good today. Yeah. Yeah. I love in the cardigan. Good cardigan. It's it? a good cardigan. Just got yeah. this brand new present. Really. Yeah. Oh, from nice. where? From like Next or something? I don't know. I bet you it's from we'll Next. Look at the label. It's from ASOS. There you go. Oh, that's the online shop, the isn't in. it? Yeah. Use promo what code quite, Manix. That's not... Please That's not it. something. <laughs> um, well, I do get a, a bit of a kick out of um, it. happy sounding songs with the most depressing lyrics. Um, Absolutely, yeah. And not to go too much into it, but the band Brand New that I really like. Their first album was very go pop into punk. It, you can go into it. Their first band was very pop go punk. Go off, but they were King. T- <laughs> Sorry? I, I said go off, King. Okay, sure. Their first album was is very pop punk sounding, um, but it, it talks a lot about um, being an angsty and depressive teenager, which I quite like. Well, that's also all emo music, right? True. Like, uh, <laughs> like that kind of like mid-2000s, My Chemical Romance sort of sound. It's not particularly depressing music, but the lyrics are quite introverted and yeah. well emotional that's what the term it's basically comes from. yeah basically yeah. being a teenager yeah also i bet steve hates the fact that you just compared brand new to my chemical romance no not I, I mean, it's very similar, similar there's a really good segue into the next track here we're talking about teenagers okay see what i've done yeah let's take a break <laughs> <laughs> all right then let's uh yeah let's listen to teenage 2020 Lucas, you were uh, you were singing along there. Uh, well, I, you were mouthing along. Well, I actually have a note on, oh, yeah. on that chorus. Go on. I really hate this chorus. <laughs> <laughs> the melody rubs da, me up da, the wrong da, way. Da, Why? Da, 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 I have no idea. Okay. Right. That's all I got for you. Wow. I don't like it. Da, 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 See, this da, da, is my favourite one on the album. 
Yeah. Is uh, it EP? Yeah. Nah, that, me- that something about that chorus melody, really, I just like... The intro oh. is just basically Johnny Be Good. Yes, uh, I, oh, yeah. I guess you aren't ready yeah. for that and yet. And Chuck uh, Berry opening. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm glad to know I was got, not... It doesn't end the there with a 1950s kind of rock and roll thing going throughout the song. It's got a bit of it. And I am, I'll say this on record, I'm the only person that's into 1950s rock and roll in the modern era. That is true. Yeah, you are yeah, very yeah. unique and special yeah, yeah, yeah. in that regard. No, I, I actually, I still like it. Steve, do you listen to it on vinyl? <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, I think you'll find it, it all sounds best on plastic. <laughs> What's the plastic? Vinyl. But vinyl, is vinyl plastic? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> but then a CD's made of plastic too. Oh, one nil. Write it down. Oh, hold on. So it's a cassette. Oh, so that's, oh, that's, gonna, oh, that's two nil. Is it going to be a league? No, it's one nil. I think it needs to be like a round robin tournament. No, it's just one nil. One. It just means I'm one nil now. No, I'm sorry. We're, we're doing well. Two. Well, Lucas has got one. Uh, he's and you got one, and I got one. But yeah, but Lucas's was cool. against Steve, and mine was against Lucas. Yeah, okay. So cool. it actually, it will be a league. I feel like you've not put that on your notes in a position where you can expand it much because it's a tiny little corner of one piece of paper. Which isn't going to be much space for a scoreboard. Yeah, it, no, no, it no. It will be a league. No, I, I've I've done a PowerPoint presentation just now. It's ready to go. Um, but I quite like that in the album. That, that song is a yeah. bit of that theme. So that's through. your favorite. Yeah, it's I actually my it's least favourite. Yeah. <laughs> is it? And, 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 and I and I and I the chorus. It. I hate. I have to say, I like, quite like the intro. I like the like the fifties Johnny Be Good. Yeah, rip off. But homage, I believe, is the term that we sure. use. Homage. Uh, <laughs> Homage. Homage. Awful. But, yeah, something about that chorus. I can't tell you what it is. I just really dislike that. I, melody. Say, I, I think I it feels... Go on. Amateur. Yes, I was going to say, I don't hate it, but it sounds like the laziest yeah, bit of melody. I feel melody like I could have come up with that chorus. And as we mentioned, I'm a robotman. Yes, that's true. <laughs> so, like, I'm not impressed. Alex, I was going to call you Alex. Manic Street Preachers. Lucas is behind the scenes. Steve (laughs) has a friend called Alex. Yeah, as do we all. Mm. Um, Overall impression on the EP. Okay, (laughs) I I like it for what it is, and what it is is four people getting together and making some noise. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's Uh, it's not like groundbreaking. Uh, EP there's nothing they're not massively adding anything to the genre of rock but they are and yet sounds like they're having a good time and yet I'm still having New Art Riot to myself yeah and and then catch myself going yeah what's that oh it's that song from that it's really fun and it is really catchy and I think if I had any criticisms it would probably be that like um, I think sometimes the lyrics are a little bit unfocused um, and they also kind of uh, seem very young they i think they were sort of like around 20 21 when they kind of wrote these and they do sound like yeah but jesus christ the lyrics i wrote when i was 20 right Uh, yeah well yeah no i think i think yeah that's like a a natural sort of thing and some bands you know never grow out of that like muse i'm just trying to say this is pretty good compared to what i wrote weirdly because i'm not a professional musician (laughs) yeah but then neither were they Oh, technically. Oh, don't get so oh, close to the microphone. I hate it. <laughs> so, really and, and any more moment. thoughts on the EP before we move on? No, I did warn you before we recorded. I said I have so little to say about and this yet, EP, and yet you've said loads about it. Yeah. Have I though? The EP got passed to a man called Philip Hall, who ran um, a management and PR company, 
And you'll love this, Steve. You'll love the name of this management company. I'm, I'm excited. His name's Philip Hall. Yeah. The management company is called Hall or Nothing. That's the best thing I've ever heard. That's the best thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that amazing? That's... Yeah. He ran it with Are his Are we allowed brother. to rate that out of 10? Uh, you can if you want. Go on. Rate the uh, management PR company name. Oh, six or something. But, but, okay, but that is the best thing you've ever heard. Yeah. The, yeah. And that's six <laughs> yeah, out of 10. Yeah, the, yeah. So if you give any of the subsequent impress. albums more than a six out of ten, that becomes the becomes best thing the, you've ever heard. And it becomes better than hearing the words "hall" or "nothing," <laughs> or anything by your favourite band. Yeah, I don't have a favourite band anymore. I don't like music. I just like to hear puns on their uh, record. <laughs> yeah, with people's names. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he right, ran it sorry. with his brother Martin Hall. Um, they uh, they also did like PR stuff for Stone Roses and the Pogues and the Beautiful South, um, and. Uh, so the, the EP got past them and they went to check out uh, a gig and there was uh, a lot of blood and mess and so they left. Nicky <laughs> smashed up his bass. Blood? Uh, yeah, yeah, there's, you know, you know, you smash up your equipment and start fights with the crowd, there's going to be some, sure, be some yeah, blood. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they were also oddly intrigued, uh, as, I, as I think he would be. Um, so they went to see them again in London, which is a gig where again, I'm just going to throw out like names. I know, I know that you don't care about names, really, but Jeff Barrett and Martin Kelly were there, who owned a record company called Heavenly Records. And based That's not on, a pun. oh, you're right, they should have been Try called again. Kevinly. That's the best thing I've ever heard. <laughs> so that's, again, rate that. Six out of ten. Okay, right. So, but it is on par with Paul or nothing. Okay, so that's good. Um, <laughs> Heavenly asked We are to, insufferable. I know, I know. Oh, Heavenly God. asked to sign them off the basis of that gig. And the Manics said to them, fuck off. Okay. Uh, which just intrigued them further. Right. And they got together with uh, Philip Hall, uh, the, the, the owners of Heavenly Records, and said, look, we will sign them to a, a record deal if you sign them to a management deal. And we'll only do it if we're kind of... It's kind of like hedging your bets, I suppose. Like... Right. Kind of saying, like, we don't want to take full responsibility sure, yeah, 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 yeah. For, these, for this mad... Welsh punk band yeah like if, if if you put in some personal stake we'll put in some personal stake Philip Hall agreed had a lot of faith in the band I think he ended up putting around £45,000 of his own money into Manitary Preachers um, at the time uh, do you know Alan McGee no he's quite a famous uh, record company owner the name rings a bell uh, he owned Creation Records who would go on to sign Oasis the name rings a bell. Yeah, okay. Oh, oh, <laughs> his his uh, his famous quote from the time is, "What the fuck are you doing signing that dodgy Welsh punk band?" Brilliant. So that gives you some idea yeah, yeah, of yeah. how like the rest of the record industry saw Manic Street Preachers. Um, they spent their time doing support slots and recording possible singles, which is where they met Dave Ringer, who will come up later. He Were was... they supporting big bands that we might know, or or just ones on the circuit that happen to be around the? Time yeah, just what kind of like ones on the circuit? They're not really like doing support tours or anything like sure, that. Sure, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like, you know, London new band. Like when we used to do gigs, you just go and you get booked yeah. on a show. Yeah, you, you get booked on a show. Second build up. Yeah, yeah sure. exactly. But they are slowly becoming more well-known, especially in the music industry. There is like a bit of a buzz around them at this at this stage. Um, and which year is this? We are in uh, 1990. Here. Okay. Oh, so yeah. Um, 
the reaction from the music industry in general is mixed. Um, some could kind of like see through their act a little bit, I think, because excuse me, I, I, their their stage shows were shambolic, you know, and they would pay more attention to the way they could do their star jumps than they would whether or not they were hitting the right notes. Right, okay. Um, especially when it came to like Richie and uh, Nicky. In fact, I think one of sort of like the famous things is that Richie's guitar wasn't on for any of the gigs, you know, he was kind of miming. Right, okay. Um, Wait, what? Because what, they just had because like a backing still- track? No. No, he just wouldn't. He, he just couldn't hear his guitar. And he just played. Yeah. Pretended to play. Yeah. So why? Because he couldn't play very well. Yeah. Okay. We'll come on to it. Which role was he? He's the rhythm guitarist. The rhythm guitarist. So you yeah. can still hear the classic riffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's still got the Bradfield magic. There's just no... <laughs> there's just absolutely no rhythm behind it at all. Uh, I think, I think uh, that a lot of the gigs he was turned off. I mean, that's, that's the story anyway. That's like the okay. myth. Um, yeah, I wonder how true it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm honestly not sure. Although we'll come on to it with Generation Terrorists because there's some interesting... Whether it's true or not, there. this shit's fun... Yeah, to yeah. hear though, right? I like yeah, that uh, I really like rock legend yeah. sort of sort of stuff. Um, anyway, but so, some 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 thought they were all attitude, no music, and some could kind of see through that and see that there was like musical talent there. Um, I think the guy from the Buzzcocks was one of them. I forget his name. The lead singer from the Buzzcocks. Anybody know his name? Uh, Tony Buzzcock. Tony Buzzcock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tony Buzzcock <laughs> could kind of see through it and um, saw like the musical talent there steve absolutely loves the idea he's cracked up at the idea that his name is tony buzzcock <laughs> he's literally he, got uh, he's tears, got in, his tears eyes. in his eyes that's lovely um the manix <laughs> sorry <laughs> this, this always makes me laugh and i don't know why the, the, the manix moved in with philip hall in london their manager they moved in with him and his new wife Terry. Great. They had just got married and four Welsh lads yeah. are living in with and them. And also I've got these guys. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <Hello. laughs> and by night they were like trashing their equipment on stage and then the next morning they were like sheepishly doing the washing up in the kitchen. I love that. Stuff like that. They were like very domestic. Um, I think they found London to be a bit weird. James has a quote saying uh, they don't even sit down for Sunday dinner, which is criminal. Well, it's a bit like something your nan would say, isn't it? <laughs> but also, Fedus. And I mean your nan, yeah, Lucas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she makes a good Sunday dinner. Does, Does she? she? Yeah. Oh, nice. Both of them do. I mean, great Sunday dinner. Fantastic. <laughs> Heavenly. Well, I'll, next time my nan yep. makes me a Sunday dinner. And here's Steve. I'll make sure to say, yeah. can I Hannah's my friend not Steve? coming. Steve's coming. I like it. Heavenly picked a single. Uh, which was released on the 21st of January, 1991. It was... Let's let's play it before we get into it. Um, this is... Uh, Motown Junk.
Okay, so that was uh, that was my time drunk. Mm. Uh, Straight away, yeah, it sounds fucking great. Yeah, I it like does. that a lot more than anything on the EP. Yeah, yeah. but now you say, I do see what you mean. It's a similar vein as the EP. But can I blow your mind right now? Uh, I don't. They know. wrote this song before the EP. Not even that. It's produced by the same person as the EP. Sure, but whoa! It didn't blow my mind, Lucas. Ah. It was fine. Whoa! But surely, like, with more time. Yeah, more time and money. Yeah, which, which <laughs> I think helps. It just goes to show that money can buy you everything. Yeah, Every, including time. Yeah, including time. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Don't waste your money or time, time will waste, waste you, money. Man, yep. Sean Moore. <sighs> there wasn't anything there. Um, uh, interesting fact about this song. Robin uh, Wayne the, Evans was the, the name. Sorry. The last ever... Uh, known sighting of rock and roll because after this song they destroyed it. <laughs> That's true. They, I mean, it's in the lyrics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the last yeah. line we, live we in destroy Urban rock and roll, so rock and roll. never seen again. Yeah, yeah. Oh How God. do you feel? Everything's about country after Pretty this. Pretty big deal, I would say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. That that is the end, isn't it? When he shouts. Uh, we, we destroy rock and roll. Yeah. Roll. Yeah. yeah. Can I just say, over, though? Over and then the it went. And then it... And that was it. Gone. Yeah. Lennon getting shot isn't that funny. Just saying. Is that That's true. Yeah, it's not yeah. funny, if anything. That is true. Yeah, yeah, So don't laugh at it. Uh, yeah, I mean, like you say, the, the production is so much better. So much clearer. Which is why I thought it was a B-side of Generation Terrorist. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and not helped by the fact that on Spotify it literally is described as such. Yeah, well, that's the problem with Spotify is that as soon as a, a band releases... Promo code Mannix. Uh, as it's soon nice. as... No, 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 there's no... No, no promo code. Uh, as, as, as soon as like a remastered version of an album come out comes out, it supersedes the old version, yeah. which means like original track listings get lost and stuff. I mean, and we will come on to revised track listings when it comes to the Manic Street Preachers because uh, they've become a bit revisionist about their history. Uh, anyway, so general notes about the song is that it starts with a public enemy sample, which is cool. Uh, Your CD skipped though. Good one. Oh man, yeah. that is... You know I'm not even playing it from a CD. <laughs> it's coming from my phone. Uh, I've just realised what you did. That's the that's worst. You only just get. Yeah. That's the worst thing that I've ever heard. Six out of ten. Six out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, it's from a song called "Countdown to Armageddon," and I just think it shows the breadth of their influences. Like, obviously, this is influenced by punk, um, but they have Public Enemy samples and stuff sure. like that. Um, I. Why is it called Motown Junk? Right. Well. So Motown is obviously a musical movement. Yes. And so I'm just trying to, I'm genuinely interested. To but they're why. big fans of Motown. It, sure. Yeah. The, you know, they use those classic verse, chorus, solo, chorus structures of Motown songs. Yeah. Um, the, 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 uh, the reference in the lyrics when it says, uh, stops your brain thinking for one, six, eight seconds. Right. 168 seconds is what they think a perfect length of a song should be. Okay. Um, Lucas is immediately trying to check on the length of this song. No, I just want uh, to know how long that is in minutes. It's two th- minutes forty-eight or something like that, isn't it? Isn't, isn't, is it not three minutes? Uh, yeah, it's two minutes forty-eight. But a, a lot of uh, a lot of Motown songs were around that. Two point eight minutes. That's not that helpful. No, that's not helpful at all. No. <laughs> um, 
But I think that what they're talking about is the kind of the generation of Motown influenced pop that was around at the time, which you'd see with like some of the George Michael tracks and bands like Wet 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 that were doing this like fake soulful kind of Motown song. I think that's what they're talking about when they're talking about Motown junk. Okay. Also, they could they could just be wanting to be as confrontational and offensive as possible. I wouldn't rule that out. Right. With the Manic Street Breaches. Sure. Um, you know, like you said... Like, I laughed when Lennon got shot. I That's purely when, in there just to yeah. provoke a reaction from someone. Exactly. Yeah. I laughed when Lennon got shot. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, they still play this song live and they omit that line. Okay. James won't sing that line anymore. So what does he... He just doesn't say it he, whatsoever? I think he just says, I laughed. And then, and then everyone else fills it. it in. Yeah, yeah. Why has he... Basically, he, he's... Because well, he doesn't... He's just realised it was just unnecessary. Yeah, I think it's just... Um, yeah, it's just unnecessarily offensive, maybe, which was kind of their MO at the time. So they grew up a little bit. Their MO town. Yeah. We'll get there. When they started wearing blazers and T-shirts. Uh, yeah, exactly. I didn't hear when, that. When they become 40, no, no, no. When move they on, become move on, move on. 40, 42, uh, they're no longer you know, laughing when Lennon got shot. Um, but, but I do think that that line in the context of the song at the time adds a lot because they're very nihilistic lyrics. You know, the, the other thing, you know, the only thing you gave me was the boredom I suffocated in. 21 years of living and nothing means anything to me. These are very nihilistic, kind of dark, depressing sort of lyrics, right? But... Yeah, exactly. It's all nice and... Exactly. They're on, like, this bedding of really fun music. Um, and I think this song's great. I think this is really great. If, if, I, if I wanted to introduce someone to... Manic Street Preachers, I think this would be like track one on a mix CD. Do you know yeah, what I mean? I get it. Definitely. Yeah. Because it kind of mixes those two. You couldn't play them, I don't know, something off the EP and go, this, this is the Manics, because like, they'd probably be right, instantly yeah. turned off. Whereas this is something that now you can get a revisit and go, oh, yeah, isn't that interesting? You can see, to sound like this. You can see echoes of it throughout their career a little bit as yeah. well. Um, uh, especially in terms of like how they how they write songs like structurally like I don't think they've deviated from Motown junk all that much not when it comes to singles anyway sure so Lucas aside from production what what other kind of stuff did you did you have on this song I'll be honest go on not much okay what about those bitching guitar solos uh, I did like <laughs> that and I liked the riffage the riffage my notes say I like the riffage wow okay <laughs> he does like the riffage uh yeah i think i think good song really strong start to their career um and you know not a lot of people would have heard heard um new art riot because it was a limited edition and, and i think that this as a single is such a good shout oh we've been joined by a cat yeah max is on the podcast hey Hello. cat hey, gonna meow <laughs> i would have loved uh, that. i still feel like this song it leans more in the direction of the quality of the EP versus the quality of the first album. Yeah, I it's agree. It's better, but not as better as the album is. Not and I better. still as... wouldn't. So you, you prefer some of the stuff on Generation Terrorists to Motown Junk? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. A lot. Most of. Okay. Interesting. We'll interesting. In I really two. like. I Yeah. That's, that's a good point. We, we, you know, our next episode will be on Generation Terrorists. Um, so I think we're actually coming to the end today and we'll we'll leave it there. Um, yeah. We're going to get on to the time between 
where we're at now and the release of Generation Terrorists. I assumed, Lucas, that you were going to hate Generation Terrorists, but you seem to be edging towards like a more positive kind of thought on it. So we'll... That's a nice tease oh, for next say. time. I was going to say... Like, oh, no, like leave a, it. I was going to give like a five-word preview, but I won't. No, no, no. Yeah, make them make them wait for make it. Make them wait. Yeah. Them, them being us and our mums that yeah, we get to download the three, this. The three listeners. Um, <laughs> I suppose, what do we need to say? What do people say at the end of podcasts? Uh, we'd, we'd love Promo it. code Manic. No. <laughs> <laughs> if you just type that anywhere into yeah, a computer, yeah, yeah. you'll get something. Um, thank you so much for listening to us uh, largely waffle on. Um, I think, you know, we had to introduce ourselves and further episodes will be more focused on Manic Street Preachers and the albums they released. I imagine um, we'll get into the albums a lot quicker. Yes, yes. Because we won't we have to do all the preamble. Well, we've introduced sure. that you're a robot and Steve's an idiot and I'm too invested in the career of the Manic Street Preachers, so we don't need to set that up again. Sounds about right. Steve looks offended. Max the Cat has sat on the agenda. Oh Which dear. I think is kind of like a metaphor. Oh, that for... is so Sean the Moore. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's that's it. We got there. Yeah, we got there in the end. Good stuff. Um, please get in touch with us. To let us know what you think about New Art Riot and Motown Junk. Uh, we have Twitters and things. We do have Twitters and things at Manix Podcast on Twitter, at Manix Podcast on Instagram. We're going to post some photos of our lovely faces. Um, get in touch with us. What are your favourite albums? What are your favourite tracks? Uh, what if would you... Adam has got something wrong, yeah, there's please fact very check likely us. if you yeah fact check us and we can address um, that in the next time and uh, throw hate at me for not understanding your favourite band. Yeah, and throw hate at Steve for. Derailing the, the podcast about your favourite band. I don't <laughs> understand what you just said. So. Thank you so much for listening. Hopefully Thank we will uh, we will see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Would we should actually probably have a proper sign off. Is this still on mic? Yeah. That could be it, can't it? What is this still on mic? No. You saying we should probably do a proper sign off. And then everything that we've said since then. So we this need, is the uh, outro. We need, we need to say goodbye properly. So it's Twitter, at Manix, po- at Manix Podcast, Instagram, at Manix Podcast. And remember... Love me. No. No? Remember that we live in urban hell and we destroy rock and roll. Exactly the same. Okay. All right. Don't need to do the music. Nah. It helped. Uh, I don't know. Fine. Hello, and welcome to Do You Love Us? A critical analysis of the history, cultural impact, and music of Manic Street Preachers. I'm Adam Scott Glasspool. With me is Steve Murphy. Hello. And Lucas Way. Hello. Oh. We are all uh, very big friends. <laughs> <laughs> We're such big mates. <laughs> Oh, I'm such a big man. <laughs> Is this intro better? Yes. <laughs>